After New York, I convinced the World Security Council we needed a quantum surge in threat analysis. For once, we're way ahead of the curve. By holding a gun to everyone on Earth and calling it protection. You know, I read those SSR files. Greatest generation? That's just some nasty stuff. Yeah, we compromised. Sometimes in ways that made us not sleep so well. But we did it so that people could be free. This isn't freedom. This is fear. S.H.I.E.L.D. takes the world as it is, not as we'd like it to be. It's getting Gun. damn near past time for you to get with that program, Cap. Don't hold your breath. All right, everyone, welcome back uh, to Goddamn It, MAHQ. This is one of your hosts, Neo, and joining me always is Chris and Muppet Hating Soulbro. That's right. Guys, say hello. What's up, Muppets? <laughs> Yo. <laughs> and you're listening to episode 142 of Gundam. And then this episode, it's, I guess, kind of a landmark episode, is we're going to be reviewing the final Five episode of Gundam Build Fighters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yes. only twenty five episodes. It wasn't going to be the continuous fifty or whatever people were speculating um, many weeks or months ago. So we'll be discussing some of the key things that happened in the five episodes, some of our thoughts of each episode, and probably just the overall um, you know roundup and summary of our likes and dislikes of the series as a whole. So. Uh, Stay tuned for that. Uh, guys, anything before we uh, move into some Neos listener submitted news? As I'm walking over to the Larry King Memorial uh, News Studio. Probably bears uh, some mentioning that we happen to be recording today on April 1st, which is MHQ's 14th anniversary. Yes, indeed. Wow, that's some, that's some definitely hard-hitting news. 14 years, Chris. Congratulations. 14 years I've been doing this garbage. <laughs> Just think, of, just think about what it what it was like 14 years ago when you were full of hope and dreams and enthusiasm, and now you're just some bitter old drunken man that just updates a website every day, right? <laughs> Pretty much. I've, I've become Dennis. You've become Dennis. <laughs> Of web maintenance, web page maintenance, pretty much. <laughs> you become what you have admired. <laughs> so, uh, Chris, any, any anything that stands out in the last 14 years that you just want to share with us before we go into some news here? I hate fans. <laughs> hey, there you go. <laughs> I think we know that already. <laughs> Our fellow Americans. Um, but, Yes. And uh, as I'm sitting here in the Lord Larry King Memorial News Studio. You are the king! You are the king! Now for some Neo's Listener Submitted News. And you can always post your news articles in the Neo's Listener Submitted News Articles thread in the Gundam section of the Mecha Talk Forum. And two little quick housekeeping things before we go into our first top, our first news story. Guys, read the, read the instructions 
and uh, check before you post something. I know that there's been some exciting news the last couple of weeks, but just check to make sure that you're not posting something your neighbors are uh, posting up there. And, and thank you to those uh, those those news hounds out there, Neo's news hounds that are uh, telling those guys to check it up. But just um, you know, just read the read those instructions. So thank you, and always remember. This is the new Hunger Games news. So <laughs> just because you post doesn't mean you'll make it. So it's the ultimate competition. We need the best and the brightest stories out there. And the first May the one, news be ever in your favor? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and the first one here, and I mean, this is good. I mean, he came out with it, and this was big, big news. First one here comes from EA Net, dude. And he's got a quick thing about the recently announced Rise Gundam 35th anniversary event that revealed three animation projects, one of them being a uh, uh, preview of the new Gundam Unicorn Episode 7, the last of the series. We, you know, a few years back when Unicorn was announced, we were told it was only going to be six, but somehow it became seven. Maybe was that really bad fourth episode? Who knows? But, um, <laughs> And then the announcement that there's going to be that G Reco series is actually Gundam Rekista, directed by Yokoshiki Tamino, and it's going to air in the fall of 2014. The website's up at grecco.net. There's a teaser trailer on YouTube, and Mr. EA Net Dude has this all on his uh, post here. A quick little synopsis of. Gundam Rekista is it's set in the Regild century, the era after Universal Century, and it will follow the adventures of a pilot trainee named Banru Zema in the Capital Guard. Hmm. And it's an organization protecting a space elevator. Hmm, what have I heard space elevators before? <laughs> the character designer is Kenichi Yoshida, and the mecha designer are Akira Yasoda, Ipe Goiba, mm-hmm. and Kimi Toshi Yamane and Yugo Yogo Kano is scoring the music. That's not to be confused with Yoko Kano. Which yeah, I, that's I, at first I, that's why I was like I've seen her name so many times. I'm like, hmm, I hope this isn't a typo. But Mr. EA Net dude is he's a star in the news. He's a, he's an up and rising star in the news scene. So I don't mm-hmm. think he's gonna let any of these uh, spelling errors go by. So that's interesting. And then the last. Uh, announcement on an animation project, and I'm sure Solbro was doing the Solbro dance when he heard this. Oh boy! Because when he initially heard it, what about a year or so ago that they might be doing this, he did the Solbro dance. He did. But now they <laughs> Gundam the Origin. Yes, they're bringing it to animation, and it's going to mm-hmm. debut in spring of 2015. And there's going to be a series of four films. No, my God, just four films. It's not a complete retelling of each panel by panel of Gundam the Origin. No, it's just four films. And the first one is going to be described as the Shar and Sela version. And there's the websites up now at GundamTheOrigin.net. And there's a preview on YouTube. Mr. Yanet Dude's got that link. And here's a quick synopsis of this. Mobile Suit Gundam the Origin 1, Blue-Eyed Cassville, will tell the story of Castor Rem Daikun and Artesia Som Daikun Shar and Sailor before Shar became known as Recomment before the One Year War and Universal Century 68. Oh my, or double, double, zero, zero, six, eight. Sorry about that. <laughs> but um, 
it's uh, some some pretty exciting stuff. Some other quick little things that happened in, during this announcement. Tamino spoke, uh, commenting on the anniversary, the three projects. Uh, there is um, <clears throat> there was a, a English transcript that's going to be posted, and they're going to have some uh, an art exhibit that's going to be. Uh, traveling in, from Osaka and Tokyo in July and September of this year. Mm -hmm. And it's going to have about a thousand pieces of original production materials and other art within the Gundam uh, universe. Nice. And, and this is that there was a teaser for the 40th anniversary in 2019. Real G Next Project was discussed as a 1 1 scale movable mobile suit. So mm -hmm. that's some exciting things. So. Got a question for you guys. You looking forward to this? The the, the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I when I heard the news, uh, I woke up to it, and um, I I was it was for, starting off with the origin. I thought that it was a a, a neat touch to. Uh, and I don't know if this is one hundred percent confirmed, but it looks like the trailer shows that the first. Um, episode of, or the first movie of the origin is going to focus on Shar and it's going to be more uh do, character do you not focused. listen to what i just said well, i'm i'm just i'm just going into that yeah. when, I, when i was watching it it's like oh, okay this this looks like to be more character focused and they're not gonna you know go from you know point a to point b they're going to take a different route to it so this kind of is going to be a supplemental thing to what we already know of gundam which i think is the best way to one of the best ways to go about it and um i wasn't sore at that news i, I don't know how many people out there wanted to see a dead-on translation of what was in the manga to the anime, but I think this is a happy compromise and allows them to put out high-quality material and uh, put it out and with in a fast-paced story, which I I'm looking forward to seeing how that turns out. Okay, mm -hmm. cool. So, Chris, uh, any and uh, any thoughts of this? Were were you excited? Were you stunned? Were you just like, huh, whatever? I hate it. <laughs> Hey, uh, this isn't Chris. This is Troll man. He's back. He must be. <laughs> you know, with Origin, I was always a little kind of meh about it. About the, the entire the entire idea of Origin to me seemed pretty stupid. Mm -hmm. Of doing an anime adaptation of a manga adaptation of an anime. Yes, it just seemed double redundant, mm -hmm. and I really didn't have much interest in it. But if it turns out that they're focusing on the backstory of Shar and Sayla and all the pre-One-Year War stuff and Rambaral and all of these people, that interests me infinitely more than just doing the same old 0079 story again yeah. Yeah. for the umpteenth time. <laughs> definitely, definitely. So, yeah, and I, I, was ex I was excited uh, myself to seeing all this. I had heard about it and, you know, and... And after a while, when you and I was kind of the same way with the origin, I wasn't looking too forward when they announced it about a year or so ago that they were going to do it because I was kind of like, well, haven't we already seen this? It's just, and I didn't see the need of a reboot. So, you know, but, um, so yeah, that's some exciting news. And not to be parlayed, now I'm going to parlay that with some other exciting news. Mm -hmm. And this is from Poster Tochiro. And not only is there going to be new Gundam coming, and I'm sure Mr. Arbiter's really pissed that he wasn't the first one on oh. this because he did not get the bounty. But yes, it's been announced that there is going to be a new Macross um, show coming out. Um, and it's going to be... Uh, it was 
kind of talked about on Comic Walker about this. So it's been yet confirmed about anything you know about the series, any details, but we'll definitely keep you uh, keep you posted on that. So uh, Solbro, I mean, you, your your feet must have been tired doing the Solbro <laughs> dance. I mean, the, the only thing that would make you probably explode if they actually did something for, um, you know, Street Fighter or, you know. Oh, boy. Daigo, Daigo came and visited you. Daigo, yes, yes. Uh, uh, why, why does everybody think I, I'm the hugest Daigo nut? Anyway, um, Macross. Um, yeah, I, I was excited to hear the news um, for the most part. It's called uh, Macross it, the First. Is that what it's called? That's no, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. No, I mean, um, I, I, I know that people are speculating. Some are speculating that it might be an anime adapta- adaptation wait, of Macross the First, here. which is a, a manga that uh, is uh, retelling the story from the original Super Dimensional Fortress Macross. But it hasn't been confirmed. For the most part, all we know is a new series is coming and it's in pre-production. And um, <laughs> more details are, are will uh, be revealed. It's in about the an app. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's an there's an app and it's and it says something about Macross. Okay, mm-hmm. I was wrong. But that could be could, that speculation could be way out the window. It could be something completely brand new. Uh, who knows what it can be? And uh, I I'm looking forward to finally. It's it's an announcement of an announcement. So <laughs> so there's really uh, no details other than the fact that we know that another Macross. It's an announcement is that we're going to make an announcement. Yeah. So. Uh, it's cool. I, I knew it's an inevitability that another Macross series is coming. It's just good to know it's going to be soon. Then um, uh, some mystery date. So there you go. So Chris, any any thoughts about this? The announcement of the announcement. Well, it's certainly coming by surprise because I wasn't expecting another Macross show for at least maybe like six more years. Yeah, so I kind of thought too. <laughs> Since it usually takes, as we've seen, like 12 years between TV shows. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> Quite some time, man. So we're, we're, we're only halfway there from Frontier, but any new Macross is good Macross. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, between all these new announcements, it's time for uh, the straight talk to pull up. Oh, shit. oh my god. I thought oh I heard a diesel god. engine. I thought I heard a diesel engine, the smell of Ben game. But... but Given that this is such a tired old topic, I'm going to have to dub this one the Straight Talk Senior Center Shuttle. Nice. <laughs> oh, okay. So get your applesauce and your bingo cards. And your dentures. <laughs> yes. Got my polydent right here, son. Beautiful. <laughs> so let's start with Gundam. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say too much on this topic because it's all been said before, but it's interesting that between the announcement of the origin and Reconquista, mm-hmm. that we managed to see the hypocrisy of Gundam fans on full display simultaneously oh. without any separation. Mm-hmm. So on the one hand with Reconquista, you have um, all of these fans suddenly now complaining that uh, – it has the Eureka 7 and King Gainer character designer, because apparently that's a bad thing now. Wow. Mm. Um, then you have people, you know, hating on, as usual, the Gundam design, because it doesn't look like a Gundam enough, and it looks too weird, and it mm. looks too different, and blah, blah, blah. Or hating on Tamino, which is an interesting thing, because I've noticed in the fandom, if you can call it that, mm. over the last few years, there's been a 
very concerted effort on places like 4chan to force this meme into existence that Tamino is a crappy writer and director. Wow. And the hive mind belief that I see in many places, not just 4chan now, is that he has always been a bad writer and director and everything he's ever made is bad. Oh, yeah, really? That's what they think? Yes. Yes. Oh, and they just say this like it's a true thing. It's And, you know, my reaction to that is no. He made the most famous anime of all time. Yeah. And many other memorable series. Mm-hmm. What the hell have any of you people done? <laughs> For one. And two... If in a career that spans more than four decades, the worst you can point out that he's done is a couple of crappy OVAs Mm -hmm. like Garzy's Wing and Wings of Rian and a very mediocre TV show like Brain Powered, if that's the worst this guy has done, that's a pretty good record. His batting average is ridiculous when you you compare the rest of his career. You know, even even after um, Brain Powered, he put out uh, two great TV series. So yeah. And I've seen other people try to call him uh, on several occasions the George Lucas of Gundam. Oh, no. come on, dude. Which is just completely off because George Lucas went bad and stayed bad. Tamino, yeah. he's had his patches, but he's done more good than bad by far. And if everything Tamino has done is bad and you're a Gundam fan, well, everything that you watch that's not Tamino is based on something that he did. So what does that say about you and your hive mind nonsense or or here's a one Mm -hmm. what's uh what what influenced uh ano to do evangelion hmm a day on (laughs) which was hmm done by tamino hmm or the entire subgenre of real robots Robots. wouldn't exist without gundam so you know pat labor and votomes all of these macross all of these shows that people love none of that happens without gundam no pretty much i mean so but yes let's just keep saying that tamino is a horrible hack he's just a crappy director and writer because you know we're some butthurt fanboys and if we say it enough then that just makes it true it wouldn't surprise me if most of those people who say that stuff never really sat down and watched an entire series of his they're um, probably a bunch of idiots because they, they don't sound like they even know what they're talking about. And this isn't, again, this is not just Fortune. I saw a lot of this even on the Anime News Network forum. Oh, well, I don't understand that because he's had hit after hit after hit. And yeah, he's had some bad days at the office, but we all do. You know, none Wait, of this well, perfect, the hive, the hive mind has declared yeah, it. Therefore, yeah. uh, it is just. It, it, yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, I mean, even, even even Steven Spielberg has turned in some bad movies, dude. <laughs> you know, sure. it's, it's just, but I mean, overall, he's but, an illustrious no, director. But you have to, but you have to remember, uh-huh. w- w- for whatever reason, the hive mind has de- has what? decided uh-huh. to go against. Oh, I mean, this is how it works. And well, no, they, I, I understand. I understand that. I'm just trying to point the, out their stupidity by letting sure. you know that we're all fallible. Whatever. And but and, by this, and, by the same. But the thing is, is it doesn't matter. Oh. It doesn't matter what he's done. For whatever reason, they've decided. That yeah. he sucks now. For, so <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, and we've, seen this, is, mm-hmm. we've seen this before. We've seen this before. Just hive mind. Yeah, I guarantee you, some of these people three years ago, you talk to them, they would love uh, Zeta Gundam and Turn A and King Gainer and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But for whatever, you know how it is on the internet. If 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 this is the route that it goes, it's the mob mentality. That's exactly what it is. So I I wouldn't even try to understand it or explain it or 
really give a shit about it. No, I mean, I, yeah. I'm not trying to understand it. I'm trying to talk some sense into the people. And you well, know, you're not, what, going, you're not going, to. going to. Well, that, that's fine. You know, I, at least I made my piece, and that's it. You know, if they want to, be, don't, don't, be don't waste your time because these your time. Yeah, Jesus. these people, uh, as we've not talked about they, in the past, mm-hmm. they they only subscribe to extremities. Everything has to be either perfect or, yeah. or terrible. There is no in between. Because you have yeah. to remember, they want you to try to do this, so now they can attack you. That's all they're looking to do. So the I mean, more, the more it's, the... it's it's a it's a very simple thing. Mm-hmm. These are insecure loser people that have nothing else to do and have never achieved anything in their lives. Mm-hmm. So they're gonna shit on everybody else, and that's what they do because they see a guy like Tamino and they say, "Wow, this guy's had all this uh, uh, success and respect and everything." But you know, I think I'm so awesome. But I just sit in my parents' basement <laughs> and and bitch and complain about uh, comic book characters and movies or uh, you know the endings of video games and stuff like that. Because mm-hmm. you know, I have a few of my idiot friends that say I'm so cool or edgy, even though I never left my hometown. So. Hey, don't don't worry about it. So continue, Chris. Well, I guess I guess the moral of the story is you can't negotiate with terrorists. <laughs> no, the moral of the story is that fans are stupid. Damn, damn. Pretty much, yeah. So then, part two of this, the other side of the coin, is mm-hmm. origin, which a lot of people were hyping themselves up with completely unrealistic expectations. I saw people, you know, expecting the origin to be a full-on 50-episode TV series reanimating the entire manga with unicorn-level animation. And (laughs) if you you honestly expected that, then, you know, you were really in for a rude awakening and you have no one to blame but yourself. So I'm overjoyed by the fact that the origin seems to be going in a different direction, but Mm -hmm. then you have these fans complaining that it was... It's too... It's... uh, it's not exactly not exactly what they wanted, which is a complete retread of the manga. Mm-hmm. So, as usual, you know whether something's different or not different, Gundam fans will complain. Rekongista, too weird and different and not Gundam, and Origin, um, not what we been, wanted. Should have yeah. been exactly a retread. And the Rekongista yeah. stuff is like so so reminiscent to the same dialogue that was in 1998 when the Turn A Gundam was first revealed. I, 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 it, it, well, you don't have to, you don't have to go that far. If no, you don't have to go that far. You don't have to, but I, I, I'm just saying, it's more so that that in in relation to a Tomino series, it's, it was the same reaction. But it it doesn't matter though, man. It's, it's, all this stuff is the same thing. Because it's the same stuff that happened. Remember, remember Gundam 00? Not even a Tomino show. Yeah. And how that was, oh, it's an AD and oh my God, it's going to be all crazy and blah, blah, blah. Now, the only thing that's broken the chain is that this news of these things haven't made age better. Yeah. Because normally the chain would be, now age would be an instant classic. Uh, but I'm not really seeing that at this point. So. Thankfully, thankfully, no one considers age an instant classic. <laughs> yeah. it's, the, it's the one kind of shred of hope, sliver, that I have that maybe this will change just because that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm, still, I'm still erring on the uh, side of just people suck, so. <laughs> so having piled upon Gundam fans now it's time to give Macross fans some of their fair share oh hell yeah break the strap out <laughs> so Gundam fans have their annoyances of things they just won't let go of even with the passage of extreme amounts of time mm-hmm. like for example what happened to Amaro and Char after Axis mm-hmm. 
or more recently, hey, maybe the seed movie's still going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Which, newsflash, it ain't ever happening, guys. And after this announcement, no more talk of it. It's not going to happen. So, <laughs> Yeah. Now, Macross fans have some of their own hangups as well, because anytime there's a new Macross show or OVA that gets announced, mm -hmm. you have uh, a billion freaking guys running around saying, is it going to be Mega Road? Is it going to be Mega Road? Are they doing Mega Road? Mega Road, Mega Road, Mega Road. Maybe they'll do Mega Road. Never. We find out what happened to the Mega Road, Mega Road, Mega Road. <laughs> <laughs> we want Mega Road, and it never is Mega Road, mm -hmm. and it never will be Mega Road because Kawamori, aside from a continuity busting detour with Zero, always pushes Macross forward and not backward. Mm, yeah. And he said he's done with the story of Hikaru and Misa and Minmei. You're not gonna find out what happened to the Mega Road, so stop asking for it. I don't. You know what? I don't even care about the Mega Road. Give me something else. Yeah. Yeah, no rock. The, the story of those three characters is done. I don't need to know any more about them. No, it, it yeah. came. It came to a natural end. And uh, as far as I'm concerned, uh, I, Macross has always been more interesting when they introduce new stories. So um, I, I'm I'm looking forward to something new, um, unless they do the first. <laughs> yeah. And it's been more than 25 years mm -hmm. since Flashback. Yeah. If Kawamori really wanted to do Mega Road, he'd have done it by now. Yeah. Yeah, it would have been greenlit. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. you, you have to recast practically everybody too. <laughs> they did Mega Road if they picked up where they left off with that, and um, some of the voice actors are no longer with us. So, you know, it just—I don't know. I just think it'd be just um, logistically harder, and he may not have—he's he, not the same man he was when he did Macross. Yeah, now he's—he's he's, he's a tree-hugging hippie, and there I don't—I don't want—I don't want to see Hikaru and Misa and Minmay through the lens of Kawamori, the tree hugger. Macross Zero. <laughs> Yeah, and item number two, which Solbro helped segue into by mentioning Macross the first, mm -hmm. this has become the Macross version of uh, constantly demanding the origin because Macross the first by Mikimoto basically is the Macross version of Gundam the Origin, mm -hmm. and now you have just as many fans clamoring to have that turned into an anime. Mm -hmm. Now look, on the one hand, I get it. I love Macross, and there is some fantastic animation in that show. But there is also some god-awful animation. I don't even need to mention all of the anime friend episodes. Yes, indeed. And yes, if you could make it so that you had the entire series look completely consistent with wonderful animation, that's wonderful. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, uh, Macross shows don't exactly get crapped out on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if this is what we're getting for the next few years... I really don't feel like treading over old ground again, especially when a lot of those tropes from the original series are probably going to pop up in whatever this thing is anyway. Mm -hmm. Singer. So I, I only have two two things I would like to see from this new Macross, whatever it is. Right. Number one, uh, do a better job of marking the importance of Macross than um, that clip commercial FB7 did because that was a pretty lame ass oh, yeah. 30th anniversary celebration. Right. Two. If it's set in contemporary or even future times, please no more deep space fleets. 
Cool. We've already had that with Seven and Frontier. Don't need to see that a third time of a deep space fleet discovering some new race and getting into a war that reveals more about the origins of the protoculture and things you didn't know before. Yeah, what would be more interesting is if they already had a, a, a colonized the planet and are dealing with problems on the planet uh, being colonized, you know, maybe years or decades. Or even place. Earth. Yeah. Go take it back home, man. <laughs> Bring in the supervision army. Bring in somebody. I don't. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Keep it planted. Bring side. in a bunch of T Rexes with Valkyries for all T-Rex. I care. Ooh, ooh. Oh, right. Now, dragons. Now, now we're talking. Baby dragons. <laughs> sure. Dragons flying Valkyries. Bring in Valkyries riding dinosaurs. Let's do it. No, Valkyries riding dragons. <laughs> Whatever you like. Mm-hmm. Just no more deep space fleets. Oh, oh man. Damn it. So with that, uh, I think the. Uh, Senior center bus has to go gas up. Time to go to the Indian reservations for some gambling, right? <laughs> yeah, it's got to drop them off at the casino because the uh, all you can eat buffet is about to start. Bingo! All right. Well, thank you, Chris, for that, and uh, thank you, Mr. EA Net Dude, for your submission, and Mr. Tochiro for your Macross submission. Next one here comes from Destiny Gunham, and he's got a link, and I know we were all waiting with bated breath on this, but you know the third episode of Quito the Exile, Code Geass, the Code Geass OVA that we've been watching? Mm-hmm. Well, that third episode's going to be delayed until further notice. So, <laughs> so it, took, it took, what, over a year for episode two to come out? It's going to take a little, probably a little bit longer for uh, episode three. Now, no other no other details on this, just uh, the website's noting that the director is saying that him and the rest of the staff are working diligently on the third chapter. So I'm I'm envisioning uh, uh, script and story rewrites. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you, Mr. Destiny Gudda, for your submission. The next this one. is this is me expressing my disappointment. Uh. <laughs> you sound shattered. Yeah, you do. <laughs> Next one here comes from uh, Wielder, and he's got a link here to the Anime News Network, and this is pretty cool, and I'd say just check it out, but the uh, the Chiba Institute of Technology Skytree Town Campus, Tokyo Skytree Town Campus, just revealed a life-size model of the VF-25F Messiah Valkyrie from Macross Frontier, oh. and uh, yeah, check it out, some pretty, uh, pretty impressive... Um, uh, uh, you know, pictures here. So check that out. And if you have a chance to be in Tokyo around that time, definitely uh, check that out. Next one here comes from, ooh, the first one from the deep recesses of the world, i.e. Australia. This comes from one of the evil Australians, probably the most diabolical and evil of them all, Vent Noir. Oh, man. And uh, he, he's got a little link here. And I guess nothing's really confirmed. But it seems like all parties are open to this, and we'll keep you posted on this. But it seems like, remember um, little movie last year, Pacific Rim? Mm-hmm. Robots, monsters, flying monsters. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, there's talk that all parties are very open to doing a Pacific Rim, too. So um, don't know really know what all that means, but at least uh, that's uh, something in the right direction there. So, and uh, the next one here comes from Gundam Type Zero, and I'm actually going to give Mr. EA Net Dude uh, a little uh, credit on this one too because he had posted something earlier. But it's been announced that there's going to be a new two-part Gargantia OVA slated for the fall. 
So um, that that's kind of exciting, right? So that, maybe, uh, yeah, that's that's awesome. Um, so so ba- that's the, I guess the follow up uh, to Gargantia. Um, I was waiting for the details. It's revealed to be a two part OVA. It's going to be hitting store shelves this fall with mm-hmm. a limited theater release scheduled sometime between sometime before then. Not much else is known, mm-hmm. but the uh, there is a photo to Mister. Um, EA Net Dude and Gundam Type Zero's link here, and it looks like it's after the show. So we will keep you posted on that. So um, sorry, I can't give you more t- details, but I'm under uh, non disclosure agreement, Are you? Soul Bro. So <laughs> I, 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 I really, I really can't go too much more into it. So, I, so I know what's time. going. I know what's going on, <laughs> but. Uh, Man, some more delays, and this is coming from Poster Wielder. Mm-hmm. It seems like the Fafner Exodus sequel is going to be delayed until the winter. It's been announced uh, it was uh, going to be um, it's going to premiere on television next January. So it was supposed to be coming starting on Tokyo MX TV starting this April. So um, you know, hey, I guess uh, guess the people are falling behind in Japan. They need to crack the whip a little bit more on these guys. You need to you need to get need to get these uh, stories out. So thank you, Mr. Wielder, for your submission. Next one here comes from Poster Zether. Not going to go into this, but he's got a link for there's been some designs released for the new Transformers cartoon series. Yes, I know we're all, all excited about that. So, um, you know, definitely check that out. I'm sure there will be no criticism of these new designs. Oh, none. Yeah, everybody's, everybody's completely open about all of this stuff. And uh, the last one here is uh, just uh, from Mr. Yokozuna Bulldozer, and he's got a link to a trailer here uh, for um, a new Android Kinkaider reboot oh. uh, that's scheduled to come out in Japan in March 24th. What? So, yeah, Kaider's uh, one of those real cla- classic manga, I think, from like what the fifties or sixties, something yeah, like that. It, it's it dates back far. I'm not sure exactly when it was uh, when it premiered, but that is uh, that that's a run back of epic proportion, man. Yeah, some good stuff. I've uh, but uh, yeah, thank you, Mister uh, Yokozuna Bulldozer, for your submission. Solbro, start it up. It's oh. the first first set. The apocalypse is coming. Oh, Robo apocalypse news. Is Neo so robophobic? And God, this just, ugh. Once again, coming from the dark recesses of Earth, the penal colony itself, Australia. <laughs> the most evil, and I can, I can almost see him wearing these. Mm-hmm. This is from Vet Poster Vent Noir, oh, and no. it looks like Germany. We know that country. Somewhere in Europe, somewhere. It looks like a German engineering firm has, un, has revealed... A new invention, Doc Ock Arms. No freaking way. Yes. <laughs> Get out of this, here. Are you serious? Yes. Oh my so god. So what they're gonna do is they're gonna take they're gonna take uh, human corpses and put them with AI powered Doc Ock arms and rip off our faces. Oh my god. Yes. That must be the Oscorp division in Germany that came up with that, man. It's ridiculous. Yes. <laughs> yes. But uh thank you, Mr. Vent Noir for your submission. Mm-hmm. And uh the next one here comes from, ooh, this is a new poster. I haven't seen this one before. Mm-hmm. Zero Curie. And he's got it. says, this is from NPR. 
and it's saying oh. when robots can kill, it's unclear who will be to blame. Uh, the robot, the AI, the idiot that put the AI in there. <laughs> yes, it's talking just talking about how the fast advancing field of robotics is bringing up serious questions that I've had for the longest time. And uh, yes, it looks like uh, that some. Uh, robotics experts had convened in Miami this past December mm -hmm. and they were trying to uh, talk about some of these issues that are coming up like what who is really to blame when the robots kill us like I said it's pretty academic <laughs> so this is why no networking no AI keep it simple back to the future for me it works for the Admiral it'll work for all of us indeed so thank you mr. zero Curie for your submission ready oh, my glass <laughs> Oh, I got them all here. <laughs> you got them, all. got them all here. That's right, man. Freaking monopolize the market, and then when the robot apocalypse happens, man, you'll be you'll be rich. You'll you'll have barter for trade. <laughs> hey, I put an equation in my signature on Mecha Talk. Mm -hmm. It says the Admiral plus Mad Like equals dead robot. That's all. That that's that's like up there with E equals MC squared. I mean, my God, what else do you need to know? <laughs> oh, the next one here comes from Poster Fear Junkie, mm -hmm. and it this is the most disturbing one of all that I've ever seen. It says here that humans seem like they're going to be willing to take orders from robots. Oh. Yes. Oh. Yeah, I guess there was a study by researchers from the University of Manitoba up there in Canada. Uh -huh. And they're saying that human, and the, 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 the question was, would humans respond to orders given by a robot in an office setting? It found that a surprising number of the participants were willing to comply with the robot's orders, even against their will. But you know what? In the Human Defense League, if we see one of these robo-collaborators, we'll give you one chance. If not, bullet in the face. And that's, and that's just how it's going to go. Yes, it, that 46% of the participants said that they obeyed the orders for a full 80 minutes. Goodness. This is just disturbing news. What? And right now, Robo Lizard is laughing because he's like, it's on in the pan. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Robo equivalents. <laughs> now, this is research coming from Canada. And oh. really, the research that's known for people of Canada is either hockey, donuts, or beer. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if there's anything, any of those variables put as maybe a placebo or something like don't, that. Don't forget maple syrup. Study. <laughs> and maple syrup, yes. <laughs> so uh, thank you, Mr. Fear Junkie, for your submission. Mm -hmm. Oh, the next one here. And this is going to be our last robo-apocalypse news of the night. Mm -hmm. And this is almost as scary as when I found out that the coming of the robot apocalypse will be signaled by cats riding Roombas because <laughs> this is even worse and just as scary. Burtman 4 has got a list here that says a Japanese voice actress, Ibiki Kaido, voices the Correcto Robo robot vacuum. Yes, what? it's basically a Roomba that's going to talk with you in a cute Japanese girl voice. No. Yes. No. Yes. Watch out, this Peter. Is... Watch out. Yes. And it's got a lolly on the top of it. Yes. Damn it. Yes. But, um, yeah, it is It is just awful. It's, the main features of the Premier Vacuum are going to be sounding attractive, being cute, and having a unique and cheerful appearance. And this is how it's going to – it's going to – it's going to make you feel – 
let your guard down, and then it's going to let a cat ride it and rip your face off. This <laughs> is just – and believe me, there's so many cats in Japan. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have these ro- cute robot or these cute-voiced Roombas with cats in it in Japan. Japan's going to fall. I, I don't think they're going to make it. And once again, these are these are the people that they they want the stuff with the robots. They're they're all about that. Japan so. first, and if Peter has a cat, he'll be next. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> he'll be next to fall. Peter, I hope you got to, I hope we got some good insurance because uh, this is this is definitely uh, and you got your real, will written out because this is definitely uh, going to be a uh, cause of death real soon. <laughs> Well, you know, I have my insurance. You know insurance. what the insurance is? What's that? Get a dog. Get a dog? Yeah. <laughs> that's well, that's how you find out. Exactly. <laughs> well, not only that, I'm going to have a dog, and I'm going to have the ultimate insurance. Mm-hmm. Not only mag lights, but I, I figured out for cats riding Roombas, mm-hmm. the best way to destroy them, sledgehammer. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> All in one fell swing, huh? <laughs> yeah. Th- that or... What I'll do is I'm going mean, to be a two-man job, sledgehammer, and then got – you know one of those long things that you, you cut the, the branches? Mm-hmm. One of those uh, – they're gas-powered, and they got those real nasty blades on them. So you just cut the cats off, and then you smash the Roombas. <laughs> that, that's what you do. So uh, thank you, Mr. Burtman. <laughs> Submission or Burtman Four for your submission. Mm-hmm. I'm getting all fucked here. This is, that robot apocalypse news has just got me, you know, all flutter now. Michael Bay. Michael Bay. Oh my God, that's bullshit. What the? Now I'm about to be settled down because. Oh yeah. The best part of the news, survey news, hit it, soul bro. Explosions. Yes! And the first one here comes from Rodimus76. And I'm not even going to read this because he's got a great link. And I feel that this might be the new way that childhoods will be killed. But there, Mr. Rodimus76 has a, a link to the Geek Tyrant. And I guess the new origin story for the Teenage Mutant Alien Ninja Turtles has been revealed. They're not actually turtles. They're lizards. I don't know. But, yes, yeah, so... People read that, get pissed, and then hate on survey because that's all you do. (laughs) Next one here comes again from Rodimus76, just like the previous one. And he follows up after you're pissed off about the origin story of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Alien Turtles. Mm -hmm. You can watch the trailer for the new movie. Yes, He's got a link for that too. Yes. Oh, man. Let me me talk about that for just a moment. Why? I I, – I don't know. I uh, I and I I'll, I'll say this much. Uh the trailer kind of left me undecided on the movie. Um, wow, look at this. A guy that's going to going to base I, a whole I'm, movie. I know I'm, I'm going to go see the movie re- regardless, mm. but whether it's going to be good or not, I I I don't get that feeling from this trailer yet. Um the the CG may have not been finished, but so far the look of the turtles is a little odd and uh I don't know about Shredder being Caucasian, man. I like William Fitner just fine. I think he's a magnificent actor. But when you find out that uh, Shredder is the uh, one of the two men that helped to create the Turtles, because it's revealed in the trailer, um, and he's talking to April. April's father was the other man that helped design, uh, create the Turtles, apparently, uh, in a lab. And they were meant to be, uh, I guess, uh, heroes or whatever from the get-go. In a half shell. In a half shell. Um, I think that's kind of neat, but at the same time, why whitewash Shredder? I mean, dang, you couldn't have found a, a dope-ass Japanese actor to play him. Um, but 
I don't know. Um, I, I do like Will Arnett being in the movie. Oh, but... Ken Watanabe's got too much work. Yeah, well, I mean, it's other Japanese. You have to actors, remember too. that's that's the only Japanese actor that <laughs> they'll put in a they'll put in an American movie. Was was the dude from the Wolverine? Man, that guy would have that guy would have been all right. The other guy from the Last Samurai. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I, other than that, they need to cut a better trailer of that movie in stat because this trailer didn't sell too many people on it. So. Um, I don't know. Um, I, I I still will see it in the theaters. I've seen every Turtles movie in the theaters except for the third one. So um, if anything, so uh, you haven't seen everyone in the theaters. No, I didn't go see the third one because I just I. So I, you're I, lying. I, I dodged that movie. Turn no, his I, mic off. <laughs> but yeah, I, I I will give it. I, I will not stand for any more of this. I will give it. I, I will give it a chance. But they do need to cut a better trailer of that movie. It's just a teaser. Cut a better trailer. But it's just a teaser. But they need to cut a better trailer of that movie in stat, as far as I'm concerned. And um, Chris, any thoughts, man? Me. All right. <laughs> I you know. I care less about the, the trailer's not encouraging, but mm-hmm. uh, I also am not as big into turtles as I used to be. So, yeah. you know, I wasn't thrilled about the prospect of this mm-hmm. anyway. So uh, I'll probably see it, but I'm not going to expect much out of it. There you go. Going with low expectations like me. Let's go. Low expectations can't disappoint you. There you well, go. I mean, well, the, the, the thing you can always remember about these trailers is. I don't know how many times you see a trailer and it's like, eh, and then you see the movie, you're like, wow, that was great. And then you yeah. see the trailer and it's like, wow, if it was only as good as the trailer. <laughs> yeah, that, that that very first trailer for RoboCop was not very impressive, but I enjoyed the movie. So Same here, dude. There you, go. You, never, you never know. I, I enjoyed that movie as well. But uh, dang. Dick yeah. Jones! Dick Jones! I did miss Dick and uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Roddick, uh, Boddicker, man. I miss those guys immensely in that reboot. But other than that, I thought it was a solid film. But back to you, Neil. All right. And the last one here, and this is how we're going to be closing out the news, closing out survey. Mm -hmm. And it's once again, Rodimus76. It almost seems like he wants to be the exclusive survey news uh, alert reporter. So I don't know. his back, man. Yes. And I just, and he's going to an article here that's going on the Geek Tyrant. And uh, I I just want to announce a new American hero, the author of this, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, Mr. Lucas Lohman. Because he starts off with the title, and I'm just going to read this article. It's not too long, but mm-hmm. I think everybody needs to hear this. All right. Because it's some of the things, it may sound familiar being said by a certain member of the Gundam host that has been saying this for I don't know how long. But um, his title is, Now Hear Me Out, Michael Bay is an Excellent Director. Oh, wow. here we go. Wow. Yes. And just sit back, soul bro. This is this man starting, must have been paid immensely. Let's go. Just, just, just <laughs> stop it. And, and his article begins. Michael Bay has been around for a while, and his movies are so diverse. Some say he's ruined Transformers. Others say he's about to ruin the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. To be clear, though, he is only producing. Nobody blames Steven Spielberg for Transformers, mm-hmm. so why should we blame Bay if TMNT isn't any good? I agree. I believe Michael Bay gives us what we want regardless of whether we really actually want to admit it. Mm-hmm. Producer Jerry Bruckheimer, who is partly responsible with getting Blay in the spotlight, has said, quote, Michael knows what audiences like because he's one of them. He has a strong sense of what makes a thrilling, entertaining movie. Just when the audience thinks they've seen it all, Michael gives them even more, unquote. We in the geek community like to hate on Bay's Transformers franchise, rolling our collective eyes whenever a new Transformers film comes around. But the last one made over a billion dollars, so there are people paying to see it. I'll admit, I was one of these people. 
Space Transformer films have made over a half a billion dollars each, with the most recent one, Dark of the Moon, actually surpassing the billion-dollar market. Mm. Now, I'm not saying that just because his movies make money, that means that they're good. But they have something that gets us in the theaters, and I highly doubt it's uh, Shia LaBeouf. Even Armageddon, one of my least favorite movies, surpassed the half a billion dollar mark, and that was an original property. I highly en- enjoyed Bay's films. They're over, they're over the top spectacle that I've come to expect and look forward to when watching his films. Steven Spielberg put it pretty well when he said, quote, Bay has the best eye for multiple levels of pure visual adrenaline, unquote. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying that every Michael F- Bay film is good. I really dislike Pearl Harbor. We all did. And Revenge of the Fallen was clearly a misstep in the Transformers franchise. But overall, Bay has a good track record. Mm-hmm. Sometimes a movie with massive amounts of action and spectacle is just good fun. Not to say that Bay cannot craft a well-written film. His most recent endeavor, Pain and Gain, was one of my favorite films of last year. It harkened back to Bay's old school films like Bad Boys, oh. proving that Bay doesn't need exploding robots to make an entertaining film. He said the magic Last, Yeah. Lastly, I'd like to discuss The Rock. That film was made in 1996 and has two main hallmarks of an 80s B movie, an absurd plot and over top characters. Also, Nick Cage is in it and you can't beat Nick Cage. <laughs> Whenever I watch The Rock... I well, wish I, Hollywood... I could I could beat Nick Cage. <laughs> let me let me finish. We're almost done. Uh, whenever whenever I watch The Rock, I wish Hollywood make more of these insane yet original movies. Bay is not without his critics, and to those that say Bay has ruined their childhood, I could not disagree more. Regardless of whether or not you hate the live action Transformers films, the cartoons still hold up. The comic books are still fun, and they don't stop being awesome. I love going back and rewatching the classic cartoon, and even some of the newer stuff is pretty decent. And Bay's Transformer version of Transformers doesn't rob me of that enjoyment. Bay has been called a lot of things, an auteur by fellow directors and critics, which I may tend to agree with, Hitler by Megan Fox, and a childhood ruiner by geeks. I don't think he deserves nearly the amount of hate he gets, so I just refer to him as Sir Michael Bay. He actually just <laughs> Sir Bay. <laughs> or Michael Bay, but I, I put in the sir. So, wow, who's that? who the hell does that sound like for the last couple of years? So um, uh, I, I encourage everybody to read this. And like I said, it you know, if, 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 he's, if he's so crap, the guy still keeps getting a job. And even though you may not like his version of your favorite uh, cartoon that you grow up with, it doesn't mean that... The old stuff doesn't stuck, and, and you can still not enjoy what you're used to. So to each his own, and I bid you all adieu. And that's well. the end of Neo's Listener Submitted News articles thread. Mm-hmm. And uh, we will now be going over, because there's no more hopes and dreams, because that was killed probably by Michael Bay. My bad a lot of people are saying that. Hey. But um, we will be now doing some old-timey news drama with Chris. <laughs> We'll start off with two back-to-back submissions from Rodimus76. First one should sound a bit familiar. Mm-hmm. It found a voice. Now it needs a body. Manga Entertainment presents Ghost in the Shell. From the producers of Akira comes a, brand, a new breed of animation. Science fiction that takes you on a ride beyond the boundaries of cyber reality. You'll never trust computers again. <laughs> <laughs> Hmm. Those newfangled things? 
Ninja Scroll? <laughs> there you go. And his second one is, What mysteries will the brain bug reveal? Federal scientists are working around the clock to probe its secrets. Once we understand the bug, we will defeat it. We have the ships. We have the weapons. We need soldiers. Soldiers like Lieutenant Stack Lumbreiser and Captain Carmen Ibanez. Soldiers like Private Ace Levy and Lieutenant John Rico. We need you all. Service guarantee citizenship. Wow. Would you like to know more? There's, there's not much of a difference in the original version. Oh my god! And it just had you I, read it from, uh, verbatim. From Star pretty much the way it was. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, next we have listener AJQ32 who posted two Mass Effect songs, but uh, the first one was the one that I was referring to, so I'm only going to do that one. Mm-hmm. This one's a little long, but it's kind of worth it if you're a Mass Effect fan. Sure. Okay. From Omega to Mars, from the Council to the Cedius Bars, from the reaches of space to the pillars of Asari Grace, there are battle-worn battalions lacking in humility. Turians are bragging about their reach and flexibility. The clutter of the city spreads to the loneliest stars. But no matter what scars you bear, whatever uniform you wear, you can fight like a Krogan, run like a leopard, but you'll never be better than Commander Shepard. <laughs> Sorry. In the Citadel's halls, inside the shining walls, hear the stories from Earth. Fighters try to prove their worth. Solarian science smothered in idiom, about as stimulating as scanning for iridium. But one tale holds every mind enthralled. Because no matter what scars you bear, whatever uniform you wear, you can fight like a Krogan, run like a leopard, but you'll never be better than Commander Shepard. <laughs> Commander Shepard. Because no matter what scars you bear, whatever uniform you wear, you can fight like a Krogan, run like a leopard, but you'll never be better than Commander Shepard. What is the, the music? What is the music on this, actually? Is you, you gotta just go to YouTube and, and okay. look up the Commander Shepard song, and when you hear the music, it's uh, it's pretty wacky. The old uh, it just sounds, Commander Shepard. Sounds man. awesome. I hope they talk about the female one. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. And next we have the loser villain who uh, has this. To be or not to be, that is the question. Tune in tonight to find out which one Hamlet will choose in William Shakespeare's Hamlet, our final installment, The Undiscovered Country, or Murder, Murder Everywhere, with a drop drink. Will the potent poison take its effect? It's <laughs> funny. And next we have... Listener Dayman, fighter of the Nightman, oh, yeah. with a video game themed submission. Nice. Hmm. It's the Legend of Zelda, and it's really rad. Those creatures from Ganon are pretty bad. Octoroks and Tektikes, levers too. But with your help, our hero pulls through. Yeah, go, Link, go. Get Zelda. <laughs> I like your version better. <laughs> oh, my God. I've seen that commercial nonstop because of the uh, Shin Saturday runbacks we do for uh, Saturday morning cartoons. That commercial's in the rotation, so it's like, oh, my God. That rap is so terrible. But uh, you did it justice, sir. <laughs> and our last mission will come from listener Philly Gundam fan. Mm-hmm. 
A classic song for a classic ride. There's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow shining at the end of every day. There's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow, and tomorrow's just a dream away. Man has a dream, and that's the start. He follows his dream with mind and heart, and when it becomes a reality, it's a dream come true for you and me. So there's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow shining at the end of every day. There's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow just a dream away. Oh. <laughs> How touching, Matt. How sentimental. All right. And all submissions can, of course, be dropped into the old-timey submission thread, so keep them coming. It's too bad you just can't, when you go into the old-timey news uh, uh, drama news thread, it just doesn't go all grainy. That would be great. If like if you could make it where you, you just go into that section and everything has that old-timey look to it. That'd be kind of cool. That'd be really cool, actually. So, But uh, thank you, uh Chris and thank you all posters uh, Solbro anything that you need to, uh, to to say or do before we go into our first and only topic of the night the last five episodes of Gundam Bill Fighters episodes 21 through 25 oh man I'm psyched to talk about it man let's do all this right. alright if you hear tap dancing in the background when we're talking about this it's Solbro doing the Solbro dance <laughs> but, uh, thank you everyone for all your submissions and we'll be back with our first and only topic of the night, Gundam Build Fighters, you're listening to Gundam at MAHQ. In a world where vivid flashbacks can strike without warning. In a world where a submissive adolescent must pilot a giant humanoid robot to save humanity. In the same world where a two-legged quadruped can run leisurely at the speed of sound with the aid of jewelry. Only one podcast can discuss this with their sanity intact. And this is not that podcast. www.ssapodcast.com The Ass Backwards Anime Podcast. Oh wait, I was supposed to use that voice in the beginning. Uh, let's go again. We're looking for a few good new types. Over the last couple of months, the Gundam Nation has been getting together to play Mobile Suit Gundam Extreme Versus. We call those sessions EX Versus the Gundam Nation. Well, we as a group recently upgraded to the sequel to Extreme Versus, known as Full Boost. We're inviting you to come on out and play the new game with us. Even if you don't have the game, you can watch our live stream and also join in the conversation that we hold on Skype during the stream as well. It's not only a gaming session, but a social event for mecha and anime fans as well. If you have the game, you can add the PSN ID, the Gundam Nation, which is the tag that we use to network all the players for the sessions. Also, make sure to add to your Skype 
the contact of Shinjuku Dash Station. So you can have a chance to join the Skype conversation during the stream. If you want to watch the stream live, make sure to head on over to twitch.tv slash fightersready and follow us there so you can be alerted to when our streams begin. If you missed any of our sessions, head over to youtube.com slash gundammahq and you'll find a lot of our sessions that we've already had archived there. Just be in mind that the conversations held in these sessions may not be safe for work. For more details on the event, make sure you visit gundam.net and click on the EX versus the Gundam Nation section. If you enjoy the game, the podcast, or Gundam in general, then you owe it to yourself to come on out to EX versus the Gundam Nation. We'll see you there. Gundam at MAHQ, and we've finally reached the time. Kinda, kinda sad. It'll be the very last time that we'll be reviewing the best friends, the boyfriends. Oh, Gundam <laughs> Build Fighters. I'm getting misty, man. <laughs> Damn. So, in this last installment, we'll be reviewing episodes 21 through 25. Mm-hmm. We will start with number 21, Amid the Glittering Particles, which picks up on the cliffhanger from last time, where Reiji discovers that Isla is the masked pilot that they've been uh, competing against, and he angrily vows to take her down and he's all moody angry to the point that he later gets into a fist fight with Fellini so definitely some troubled times for the Meat Bun Chronicles mm-hmm. so we get some flashbacks that explain Isla's background and yes indeed she was just a poor homeless child poor who displayed the amazing ability to actually see the movement of Plasky particles and at that point that's when Barthas brought her into the Flana Institute and had the Embody system developed to exploit her talent and use that to win at Gunpla Battle so she had to practice using a Cubolet and the system gave her headaches and caused a lot of pain which is why she started to hate Gunpla Battle and when she complained about it, he threatened to send her back to her life of poverty. Oh, that destitution. <laughs> yes. So, with that backstory out of the way, we get to the battle. But before that, 
China gives Isla a uh, good luck charm, which is important because it's actually the gem that Reiji gave to say and pay attention because that's important. Mm -hmm. So the battle begins, and we've got Isla not doing so well, and her embody numbers start going down, and Reiji's using tricks like firing paint Vulcan rounds to make the clear funnels visible. Mm -hmm. So at that point, Barthas is like, screw this shit. This old man's breathing down my neck about losing. Turns up the embody system to full power, and that's when Isla starts going nutso. But the gem reacts to her feelings, and Reiji hears her saying that she doesn't want to be doing this, and we get transported to uh, good old white GN naked space minus the nudity. Yeah. And he finally understands the pain that she's been going through. Mm -hmm. So she dumps the embody system, tells uh, Barthas and uh, his sponsor to both screw off. <laughs> and when Reiji pisses her off by saying that, of course he's going to win the battle, she starts mocking him, and then they start really going at it until finally he takes her down with the old build knuckle. Finally an honest match. <laughs> and wins the match. And he told her, hey, uh, you know, it's cool. You know, you don't have to be homeless. Just come hang hang out with uh, with me and say you can live there. It's okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, without checking with say. Oh, I, I, and and, or his mom. and yeah, yeah, Rinko. <laughs> so, uh, thoughts on this episode, Neo? Um, well, did anyone get deja vu of Alan B. and Domo? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, they even, they even showed the whole thing about it, but it, it just, it, it's just fine. I mean, but uh, definitely you knew something was up. You knew, um, you know, it was all kind of tried and true, but uh, definitely, you know, it, it just got to the point of showing, because kind of the underlying theme that we're seeing throughout of this is even though it's a Gundam Gunpla tr uh, competition, um, you still need to have fun. That's kind of like the underlying theme that especially Reiji is trying to do is like, yeah, you want to get into it and you want to win and stuff, but it's not life or death. And there's other ways that, you know, uh, you can enjoy stuff. And the, the funnest part of Gunpla Battle is just doing Gunpla Battle. Mm -hmm. So... You know, uh, and then, yeah, kind of interesting, too, her power of seeing uh, Plasky particle, particles. I mean, okay, whatever. <laughs> I mean, you're just like, uh, okay, I, I guess I guess that makes sense. And, um, yeah, so, and, you know, not much more that I can really say. I mean, it, it just, a, just a good, fun episode, you know, a lot of cliches, a lot of tropes, but all done in a way that it just didn't seem uh, cliched. And, and in the end, it was just a, a fun little ride to kind of end, you know, Ina's, Isla, yeah, Ina, Isla's story and, um, you know, move on as we're going to the uh, finals. So that's about it for me. Back to you, Chris. Solbro? 
Well, uh, when it comes down to it, uh, when watching this entire series, I think Isla is probably the most uh, developed character in the entire show. And this episode shows it a lot and how her, uh, how her character progressed throughout the series. And, uh, the, 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 uh, the changes she makes in this episode, I think is, uh, pretty awesome. Um, uh, the fact that she's one of the few, uh, uh, <laughs> I'm just gonna call her a cyber new type for the sake of doing so. But, uh, she's, uh, she's one of the few cyber new types that uh, overcomes her, uh, her uh her her brainwashing system which i thought was a extraordinary moment in the show she finally uh finds a resolve and um is able to just completely beat that out um but i, I like her character a lot and this episode does her character justice and uh reiji having a a bit of a a fit throughout the episode kind of annoyed me but at the same time he's always he's very prideful so you know he's not one to show his uh true emotions or the fact that he felt betrayed he, he tried to hide that behind the fact that the way she was uh uh, fighting terror, uh, in, in an unsporting manner, but, and, but, you know, you could see that he felt betrayed and you could see the bond between them get tested, but, you know, that was all resolved towards the end when she overcame her, uh, her brainwashing and, um, they shared that moment at the end beating each other to death. But, <laughs> but, uh, I, I love this episode. I remember the, uh, the, the blow up on Twitter when this episode aired and people were asking me to, uh, to watch it ahead of time. And it's like, no, I'm not watching this ahead of time because they were afraid that a lot of this episode would be spoiled for me. But, uh, luckily enough, it wasn't. And when I sat down and watched it, it was well worth the wait. Um, oh, really? I, is it, is there really anything, if you really look back on it, that mm-hmm. really was that big of a spoiler? You kind of, you kind of knew. I mean, it's like I was saying, it's formulaic and yeah. there's kind of the, the tropes in there, but it's done in a way where it doesn't, feel forced and and i'm i'm cool with it like it wasn't like there was any big great reveal we knew she was the 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 pilot of the cubile we knew Mm -hmm. that there was some type of berserker type system yeah you know she's she's the stand-in for allenby in this one i mean my god (laughs) it wasn't it wasn't even allenby from like one of those scandinavian countries too chris Sweden. 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 Yeah. So, there you go. Isla's from what, Norway, I believe? Finland. Norway Finland. Yeah. So, so, so it's like the, it's, it's not too different here. And, uh, uh, yeah, for the most part, you, you could see that this episode was being built up to, you know, it all came down to this. And a lot of things that were revealed in this episode were things we already could speculate from all the little hints that were dropped, dropped from here and there. So it was just nice to see it all come together. Um, and I love how it was resolved and it was good to see, uh, not so naked space make its grand return, man. <laughs> all in all, man, I, I, I found this episode fun and, uh, very satisfying and, uh, back to you, Chris. All right. Well, definitely going into this episode, there was a lot of drama and throughout with Ray G's bad attitude, you had the feeling that it was going to be kind of overwrought and annoying, but then thankfully it takes a completely different turn and just goes ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I certainly did not expect it to end with, you know, a dancing cubile. <laughs> no. Fun of Reiji. Yeah. So I'm glad that uh, it poked fun at the cliche of, you know, the doomed, you know, programmed pilot girlfriend. Fighting against dying, her will. Yeah. Yeah. Fighting against her will, who ends up dying. And especially since Isla's voice actress also played Urine, so. Oh, yeah. what? I didn't even realize that, man. Dude, yeah, that's good. Good that she got to break out of that very specific cliche Sweet. of the special girl being forced to fight. Yeah, it's 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 a it's definitely a a, a a turn of pace for this kind of episode for the fact that it ends so nicely as opposed to so bloodily. 
in all other cases. Well, I mean, it, it ends like it ends like the issue with Alan B and Tomo. I mean, she didn't die. She didn't die, but so. she she did get effed up. <laughs> well, but I mean, it, it, that was that was a far more happy ending. Yeah. But I can I can name off so many other types of episodes like this that ended up poorly. Alan B is the outlier, uh, aside from Isla. So uh, uh, as uh, as uh, Chris had mentioned, uh, urine also from. Um, from from age didn't end up all too well. So <laughs> it's a nice turn of pace. It's good to see this again. Yeah, and it was also nice, you know, the development of the Meat Bun Chronicles of yeah. Isla's hatred about Gunpla Battle and finally seeing why it is mm-hmm. that she hates Gunpla Battle and what her ability is, and seeing that through Reiji, she actually can enjoy it without pain for the first time and see what it's really about. And obviously, she enjoys it. So. Oh. That was a good development to the end of the Meat Bun Chronicles. Uh-uh. <laughs> or at least this phase of the Meat Bun Chronicles. Oh. Well, yeah, because I think it goes into the the Living Chronicles after this, you know. Yeah. Half of the rent. <laughs> <laughs> so, Neil, what's your rating on this episode? Oh, gosh, I've got to give this uh, uh, four out of five uh, G Gun and flashbacks. <laughs> nice. Okay, Sobro? I'd give it a 4.5 returns to not-so-naked space out of 5. All right, I will give it 4 out of 5 dancing cubelays. <laughs> so who wins in a dance-off, pants-off? Dancing cubelay or Gainer? King Gainer? Oh, shoot. You know, King Gainer got those moves, man. <laughs> yeah, King, I have to give it to King, King Gainer. Yeah, he could be on Dancing with the Stars. That guy's almost a b-boy. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> so... Moving on, we have episode 22, mm-hmm. Majin versus Majin. Oh, oh my gosh. Who's this about? Which opens with uh, Alan asking Yuki if he predicted that Sei and Reiji would get so far in the tournament based on their previous encounter. And we see his upcoming opponent is actually a really old dude, a 78 year old guy named John Ayers McKenzie mm-hmm. who meets up with old Rao and then has a heart attack. <laughs> Almost on cue. <laughs> yeah. So as a result of being incapacitated with a heart attack, his grandson Julian comes to visit and the old man guilts him into taking his place in the gunpla battle as his dying wish. Mm-hmm. Which, actually, actually, let's just paraphrase it. He didn't guilt him. He tricked him. <laughs> yeah. He tricks him because later, as we see, uh, he is not at all dying. But, uh, <laughs> didn't want to fight against the Majin because he knew that he couldn't beat him. So he basically... Uh, put it on his grandson to do. So Julian takes control of the customized F-91 Imagine, which gives us some flashbacks Mm -hmm. regarding his time at the Gunpla Academy with Yuki. And he was considered a contender to become the third Kawaguchi, but he eventually left the Academy because he couldn't stand the second Kawaguchi's philosophy of victory at all costs and step on whoever you need to to achieve a win. Right. Yeah. But Yuki also disagrees with that philosophy and he wants to use the title of 
Meijin Kawaguchi to spread his love of gunpla to all the children of the world. Mm-hmm. At the same time, we have uh, some more development on the Meat Bun Chronicles when China and Rinko discover Isla just hanging out with Sei and Reiji wearing nothing but a towel. Oh. which leads to a lot of surprise and shock. But then once they hear her sad story of poverty and gunpla, they both uh, fall in love with her, and Rinko says, yeah, sure, you can stay at my house as long as you need oh. to. It's okay. <laughs> poverty. Sound like the start of a, sound like the start of a great sitcom. <laughs> yeah. We also have uh, Nils continuing his investigation into Plasky Particles, and he asks to borrow Reiji's gem because it was glowing during the last episode's battle, and he wants to see its connection with the Plasky Particles. Mm -hmm. So Yuki finds out that old man Mackenzie is down for the count and that the opponent will instead be Julian, which actually makes him think he might lose. So he ends up going into battle with the 80% complete, which I think is no uh, coincidence, 80% complete. Oh, 80%, huh? Where have heard that before? Yeah, amazing Exia. Mm -hmm. So we have finally a battle between uh, two kind of speedster suits. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We have the old F-91 doing its fancy after images tricks Mm -hmm. and we already saw or rather we saw the aftermath of julian's skills because in a free battle he completely destroyed the gundam x mao and then sent mao into even further depths of depression and whininess (laughs) that gets them zoloff so since yuki is being uh pressured here he actually has to use the gimmick of Transam to be able to fight back. And then with Transam, he is able to beat down Julian and win the match. And at this point, Julian sees that indeed Yuki does not subscribe to the victory at all costs philosophy of the second Majin. Mm-hmm. And Julian decides, hey, you know, why, why stay away from Gunpla? This is too fun. Well, exactly. So, with him out of the way, that means that we have our final battle determined, which will be Yuki versus Reiji. Mm-hmm. And we finish off by having Nils conduct his research and conclude that Reiji's gem is actually a Plasky crystal. Mm. So, Sobro, your thoughts on this episode? I, I, I really liked it. Um, Yuki's backstory has always been interesting to me, and I know that there's the... Uh, Build Fighters Amazing manga that's also running concurrent with the TV show. Um, I, I I was told as I was watching this episode by the cats watching it with me that um this episode references the manga like crazy. It's not necessary to read the manga when you watch this episode, but if you want more of the backstory, um, uh, Julian and other characters involved in this, the the second the Majin that they reference, all in that manga, and uh, I really want to read it now after watching this episode to find out what kind of dick that second Majin was. <laughs> 
and and how, how he ended up the way he ended up. But uh, as for uh, the episode itself, I, I thought it was uh, fast paced, and Julian was a really interesting character to be so and so lackadaisical. You would have never expected him to be so 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 devastating in the ring, but sure enough, he was. And to find out his backstory that he was a uh, um, Yuki's mentor and the man that uh, uh, Yuki could never defeat. You know, it was good to see him overcome that hurdle. Um, the F91, imagine, was gorgeous, man. I never really looked at the F91 all too strongly, but seeing it with that color scheme, I, I, I really like that version of the F91. I, I've got to say, <laughs> you the, probably saw it do more in this than you did in all of F91. No doubt. <laughs> It looked really good, and uh, that's saying a lot because F91, even though that movie has shortcomings, it's gorgeously animated. Um, Cat's Cradle. <laughs> I like the Dr. Tex cameo that was in this episode. He uh, showed up uh, when uh, old uh, Ed McMahon, oh, I mean uh, John Ayers McKenzie, <laughs> was in the hospital room. That dude looks just like Ed McMahon when the way they drew him. Um, but yeah, uh, also uh, shout out to Amar NT1. He told me that uh, the between John Ayers, uh, Mackenzie, and Julian, uh, and the F91 Imagine, they all reference uh, things having to do with John Lennon. So uh, I didn't even pick up on that until he told me about that. So that's that's actually pretty uh, a pretty nice tip of the hat right there. But um, yeah, uh, uh, all the all the uh, the episode was consistently entertaining. I, I love Rinko's reaction to uh, Isla being in the uh, in the in the. Um, uh, hotel room and the fact that uh at first she was like mad at ragey for saying how how are you going to invite another person into our household without talking to me first and then all of a sudden being swept over by Ayla's story and saying oh of course you can come stay with us <laughs> so it's, it was a it was a cool uh little uh, uh moment between those characters too but outside of that i i thought it was a fun episode all right neil well did anybody ask the same question where why didn't they show us how this old man was beating up people to get to the final four. Because this came out of nowhere. Because, you, you know, they kind of show in the background and stuff. But you never, ever heard about some 78-year-old man, you know, making it to the final four. Yeah, exactly. The battle. And it's like, I, I almost am sitting there and I'm like, guy's got to have some skills if he's beating all these kids and stuff. But... Hey, what do I know? I wish we saw him in action before uh, this episode, man. I would love to or see just how a he quick handled business back or something. Yeah, yeah. What did what did he do? Like the the Gundam insure? You know, it's like <laughs> the RX seventy eight with you know a bunch of insure cans or something like that. He beat him down with the publisher's clearinghouse check. That's what. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, the 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 uh, the 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 Gundam beat us. Mm-hmm. You know, I was waiting for anime Dick Clark to show up. <laughs> No, you don't want to see that. <laughs> don't want to see that. But um, hey, I mean, come on. This this shows you no matter how good you think you are, Yuki, there's always somebody else that's better. And it, and it was nice for once to see him because he's just been trouncing everybody throughout this show that there was somebody that actually put the fear of God in him. And he's like, shit, this guy could beat me. Like he, he told Alan like straight up, he's like, I could lose this fight. And I mean, let's be honest. Um, you know, all the BS about, oh, the amazing Exia's, you know, uh, 80% complete. I guess old Julian did pretty well for just really having, what, one tune-up battle against Mal mm-hmm. and uh, going in the ring because I, I mentioned that the F91 Imagine was, was kind of old. Yeah. You know, it was an Three, older suit. Three-year-old Gunpla, man. So, I mean, you're, you almost wonder, it's like, gosh, if they were on equal footing, uh, what, what type of battle it would have been, would have been, and mm. probably Yuki would not have um, uh, 
progressed on, but you know, um, <clears throat> you know what 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 can you do on that? But it, it was nice too to see because it's like all of a sudden, um, you know, this whole thing about the second mage and from this episode on, he gets referenced quite a few times for the rest of the uh, the show. It's like God, this guy was an absolute dick. Mm-hmm. Everyone hated this guy, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I mean, but um, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely some some funny stuff. And I I just love the fact that this old man just completely lied to his his uh his grandkid and you doing the, even the ultimate like i'm about to die and <laughs> about to die in the in the hospital so please fight for me my god but hey they really made it on super thick yeah they did oh my god he did like that whole part where he's like He's like all quivering and stuff in the hospital bed, and poor Julian's like, "Grandpa, no, don't leave me! You're too soon!" You know, and it's like, "Oh my gosh, this is just..." But once again, it's the overall thing about this show is Gunpla's fun, and and if we have Gunpla battle, it should be for fun, not to just crush people. So hey, <laughs> that's the lesson I learned. That's the lesson I learned in every episode. The takeaway. So, yeah. <laughs> That and says dad's an idiot. Oh damn it! <laughs> we'll go into that later. But uh, you know, but uh, yeah, great, great, uh, great, great episode. And um, I guess is uh, Julian is he a member of the Lafago clan? Because I mean, my God, he's definitely uh, definitely reminiscent of uh, Moo and Raw. There, I was like, you know, someone pointed out to me that it, this this episode featured the uh, battle between the blonde ace and the masked man. So. <laughs> Both sides of the equation were yeah. uh, were represented. I thought that was pretty nice. But yeah, but other than that, a a, a great uh, a great uh, you know episode to kind of just go before the uh, the final you know the final. Ep- and like I said, such a such off the beaten path by some freaking old some pensioner, some pensioners <laughs> kicking ass and gumpla. Now you know, Solbro. This this manga is. Does it have this old man in it, or is it just about the second Majin? Do you uh, know? It, it's more mostly about uh, uh, uh more, mostly about Yuki, but uh, and the people that. Ah, screw uh, that! Know, I don't want. I could care less about him. Him, him as a him I, as a kid, and I, I, I uh, want to see. I want to see old man Iris sitting here, <laughs> kicking ass, making it to the final four. Talk about your Cinderella. Uh, final four pick. Well, Julian's Jeez. in it, so I'm assuming his 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 fall his grandfather might be in it too. But uh, I, I can't I can't 100 say that he is. But uh, I would love oh, to. Oh come see on, Sol, bro! I'm making an assumption oh, boy. that you have no basis of. All I know is come I want to read it, and it. I'm a hunted down. So <laughs> there you go. But uh, back to you, Chris. All right. Well, it was good to have another episode focusing on Yuki and showing his second to last battle before the final. Mm-hmm. And what was good about this one was that we see him on the ropes because up to now he's been this unstoppable monster and no one could compare to him, not even Reiji. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But to have an opponent who he's like, oh, crap, I could lose. Yeah. Thing to see. And then also the fact that he had to use an incomplete gunpla and had to use a gimmick like Transam to win because he knew otherwise he couldn't have. Imagine what if he had Transgram. <laughs> Even he only had Transam. If he had Transgram, huh. well, if, if he called Fanini, he could, Fellini, he could have had Transgram. Indeed. He could have had Transgram, and he's got the mask. <laughs> he could have just been like Transgram Bushito, Bushito Saka. That would have been amazing. Wait, that's he his... could have, but mm-hmm. alas, he did not. I know. So 
even though it was cool to see F91 and Axia, which are you know two of my favorite Gundam designs, fight, mm-hmm. the actual fight itself wasn't that impressed by it. And Not really. <laughs> I found that Yuki's previous fight against the uh, the Super Renato brothers yeah, was a lot more interesting. I agree on that one. Because even though in the end those guys weren't really any challenge to him. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of suspense in that episode. Mm-hmm. Heck, because they were underhanded. Their I dirty mean, tricks and what yeah. they were doing and how would Yuki respond and all of that. And in the end, he still took quite a bit of damage oh, despite yeah. winning. So I found that battle to be a lot more engaging than this one, which was just a lot of transam zooming and after images, which was still nice to see because uh, kind of felt for a while like I was watching an old episode of Double O, seeing an Exia zooming around on screen. Uh, uh. Kind of made me a little nostalgic. <laughs> yeah, this but, episode... but, but a guy with more uh, more panache than uh, old uh, Setsna. <laughs> yeah. Just sitting there saying, I'm Gundam. I'm Gundam. <laughs> I'm Gundam. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> That's all he did. I'm going to... Because that, it, that horrible second season. I'm <laughs> wow. <laughs> Same. So, Sobro, rating for this episode. Man, I would have to give it uh, four dope-ass F9-1s out of five. All right, Neil? Uh, I'd have to give this four out of five lying grandpas. <laughs> grandpa <laughs> should never lie, lie to you like that. Grandpas don't... Do- all grandpas out there listening to us, and grandmas too, mm-hmm. don't lie to your kids about you dying. If you want them to do something, just don't lie to them like that. That's that's bad. Well, if if you want them to do something, that's a one-trick pony. Right. Pretty much, because you better you better go through on that and die, because you won't be able to influence them again. So. Or or don't die. It had better been for like a really good. Yeah thing you wasted it on and you better have an excuse for not dying and 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 this was probably probably a good thing he got him back into the joy of of gunpla building now it'd be funny if there's like a we find out later that his grandpa died the next day <laughs> oh damn oh evil sorry <laughs> that was that was the general in me sorry yep so i'm gonna give this one Three and a half out of five surprise girls in towels. Oh, surprise girls in towels. <laughs> Which brings us to episode 23, Gunpla Eve. And like we've seen in the past, this episode basically is sort of like a breather before the big battle. You think? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so we see there's a festival outside the arena with about a bajillion Gundam characters. I'm not even going to start <laughs> all of them although there is definitely of note a certain young asian boy who pops up oh boy yeah. <laughs> and it's nice to see in this world somebody didn't become hamburger they actually <laughs> made, they actually made it on that day with yeah Christine. this episode yeah. Is straight vegan hamburgers man. without being one <laughs> yeah this, this is a meatless episode man <laughs> well no it's no it's not meatless because there is meat being consumed oh indeed it's just that a certain person didn't become me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's living. He's living pure vegan, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if he'd been holding a hamburger, that just would have been hilarious. Oh my so god, be the best. <laughs> oh my god. That would. Oh, the Japanese—they have no humor. Because <laughs> you know we would have done that. Would have been like if I was the anime of this. Would have been like, here's the script. We're gonna have uh, Bernie and Christina with Al watching Al doing a little fun trick or a little fun game. Like, gotta have 
Bernie eating a hamburger while he's watching out. <laughs> <laughs> or him buying a hamburger. <laughs> Two, please. <laughs> oh, Japanese, you need you need some you need some humor in your life. Oh. So, we see a couple of uh, free battles. Oh yeah. In this episode, because there's a contest to win a year's worth of gunpla offered up by. Uh, by Rain from G Gundam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pure uncut Rain too. Yeah. Just plucked out so, of the plucked out of the final battle. Mm-hmm. So we see the return of Sazaki, who's got yet another Gyan variant because mm-hmm. he just can't get enough of that freaking suit. Yeah, but this one's pretty badass though. It is, and he fights against uh, old, old Gonda the Ape Man from episode two or three. Yeah, and there's there's an issue that I have with this, but continue, Chris. Mm-hmm. Who's using a gold turn X and proves definitively that Moonlight Butterfly does not win the match. Oh, no, it what? does. It does. He just didn't use it correctly. Take that, Coliseum. Maybe so, <laughs> but he still screwed up. Yeah, he's... Freaking retard. Oh. We also see a couple of battle where uh, loser <laughs> opponent Siziomer from Germany gets uh, beaten up by kids. Yeah, that was hilarious. <laughs> so given how low he's fallen, I'm going to officially declare him a Soul Bros man. Oh, yeah. Geez. Yeah. Well, well many of the uh, listeners would disagree. They believe Mao is the Soul Bros man of the series. No, but you but... know, Mao eventually recovers and oh, yeah. stops being a little whiny brat, yeah. where Zeomer just gets worse and worse every time and is just a complete <laughs> loser. So he is he's your man. Well, no, they still bros, man. Well, you guys, him, him and Sasaki, they're both your men. Well, you guys officially suck. <laughs> hey, what'd you expect? Damn it, man. Hey, always remember, you set the standard oh, of the soul boy. bros, man. Well, I mean, we're just continuing it on. Well, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, not much to say on that, huh? <laughs> I learned a long time ago I can't win this. <laughs> so, unfortunately, Sasaki's winning streak comes to an end when Bellini becomes his next opponent using a very nicely remodeled version of the Fenice that's been powered up and can actually transform again. Ooh. Yeah, it looks awesome because it transforms so, into a dragon. Fellini beats everyone down until... He ends up fighting Kirara, who's using a Gerbera Tetra that she's built herself. (laughs) And since he, of course, has a weakness for her, that leads to the first ever instance of a Gundam being molested and blushing. Yes, yes. Thank you, Obari. (laughs) It's not a a weakness. (laughs) Fellini is smart. Mm -hmm. It's still shameful, but he's smart in the end. Still very, very shameful. Yeah, what, what are you going to do? <laughs> so, Say and Reiji are walking through the festival. Reiji's stuffing himself with free food, which to him is, is heavenly. <laughs> <laughs> and they meet Yuki, who is just wearing regular civvies, and he tells them that he wants to have a good fight with them and that he wants to spread the joy of Gunpla to the world because he learned about the joy of Gunpla from Takeshi mm-hmm. and wants to basically pay it forward. That's, that's awesome that uh, his dad would uh, be the, be the, be the uh, nymph factor in that. Which is actually a reference to Build Fighters Amazing because we actually see 
how they met, and in one of the chapters you see Takeshi using his stock RX-78 from the tournament mm-hmm. against Yuki's customized new Gundam. Yeah, yep. Man, I gotta read this book. <laughs> so, that's worth checking out. It's interesting that they make reference to that in sort of a non-specific way. So, we then get treated to another free battle where we see Reiji using the beginning Gundam and Sei using the Mark II, and we see the results of Sei going through the tournament because he's actually built up some piloting skills, and he actually uses all of the Mark II's gimmicks, which Reiji never did. Oh, yes. Yeah, I know. I I don't remember it having a backpack thing, right? It did. It no, did, but Reiji it, just never used it. That's nope. what I'm saying. I, I, I'm sorry, I phrased that wrong, but I don't remember him ever using it. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, he never used problem? any of those gimmicks. Because <laughs> Reiji don't go into the fight. He don't think. <laughs> he just does. He just does, man. It's like, oh, I got this? No, it's up to say to, 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 to pull, out the, pull out those tricks. And uh, it's, it's but, but yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, so on top of that, we also see Isla... Working on her own gunpla, she creates the customized Miss Sazabi, mm-hmm. and Mao creates his own customized suit, the Crossbone Gundam Mao. And near the end, we see Takeshi having a happy reunion with Rinko and Sei, mm-hmm. something we've been waiting for for a long time. And then we've got Nils and Caroline on the trail of a Pulaski particle truck which leads them to a long tunnel that goes right underneath the arena and an enormous, gigantic crystal that is powering all of the plastic particles. Unfortunately, they immediately get captured by Baker's goons. Of course. So we then jump to a week later where Sei and Reiji are waiting to start the last fight and we see a very different-looking Yuki sporting a dark and evil customized Exia Dark Matter. So, Neo, your thoughts on this episode? Uh, perfect, um, you know, breakup of the pace. Just, you know, silliness with all of... Um, well, not really silliness. This probably stuff actually goes on in Japan because you, you got cameos from the life-size Gundam, then you got the life-size Zaku, um, you know, and, and then just countless amount of characters in this i mean it, this this show is so fun and nice that we actually see a happy moment with uso and his mom and dad we've never seen that in all of victory gundam i mean the last the last time we saw uso's mom her head was in a was in a, uh, a helmet not attached to her body mm-hmm. which so, you, you know what's messed up the shot the still shot that we see of Uso building a V2 and holding it in his hand and happily smiling towards his dad. Someone shopped that to put the helmet in his hands. I saw that! Oh my god. And his mom is still there and it's horrible. Oh my god. Oh man. Oh jeez. But I mean, there's so much of that. It's just so... It's so ridiculous. And it and in, you know, I I got to love the fact that they do um, you know, they have the free battles. So it's like, hey, you can fight the contestants, the final contestants of of the Gunpla Championships, but remember all the people that were beaten, you know, in episode 
five, mm-hmm. we're going to bring them back. Yeah, they didn't make the tournament, but we get to see them again. And <laughs> I, I thought that was I thought that was done pretty well. Is this the one where uh, Takashi actually realizes, oh, um, my wife might actually be at the Gunpla Championship with my watching my son? Yeah, he's is, he's, is he's, when, he's in town. When, and he sees he sees her on television in the corner of the screen, and well, he's sitting. I mean, mm-hmm. does Captain Oblivious? I mean. Why did it take that? I mean, he's Mr. What? International <laughs> Gunpla referee? I mean, I thought he was a true detective, man. What happened? I, I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm like, it took him a while to find the trail of Carcosa. No doubt. Yeah, it definitely, it definitely took a while there. But, uh, and then, and then, of course, it was nice to see Yuki finally just be Yuki again instead of uh, just badass Beijing Kawaguchi you gotta <laughs> crush everybody you gotta spread gumpla for everybody blah 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 mm-hmm. you know, it's just nice to see him as you know and, and, and it, and it kind of harkens back to when the early parts of the show when you're you know when these these kids still had the hopes and dreams they weren't crushed they weren't crushed by the the over massive gumpla uh, marketing machine and mm-hmm. money making machine that it's become but uh, nah, I, I mean Definitely, uh, definitely, a, just a good fun episode. Almost kind of reminds you a little bit of some of the old SD shorts of just all the silliness going on and seeing just characters out of you know characters you would never think of just seeing. I mean, hell, the the freaking the cameo of Char, Char <laughs> <laughs> in the white suit. I mean, come on, how'd you, that was great. <laughs> how'd you feel about him not being voiced by Ikeda, man? How'd, how'd you feel, man? Hey, all all three the, seconds of that. Yeah. <laughs> Three seconds, probably what one and a half seconds. <laughs> True. Uh, it's okay. I'll 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 allow it on this one. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll I'll allow it. So it's just that you know when they do gun him the origin when he's eleven year old boy he better be voiced by Akeda. There you go. Wouldn't that be funny, right? That, that's that's but uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, just an just an overall fun episode and 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 made you want to hope. You're sitting there. I mean, all throughout this show, I'm sitting there going, "Gosh, I wish we could get this technology where we can make these little plastic robots fight like this." Mm-hmm. But seeing that fun little uh, festival, you're like, you "Even want them even more so," even though it's probably a common occurrence in Japan. Mm-hmm. So, but good stuff. Oh, and Crossbone Gundam was in it, so that's oh. good. That means <laughs> at that. I know, Chris. I'm going on limb on this. We saw the Crossbone Gundam Mao, so I'm thinking that means the next. Anime is going to be crossing on Gundam. There you go, man. It'll happen in the 50th anniversary with the Seed movie, same year. <laughs> oh my god, can you imagine? But um, guaranteed. Back to you, Solbro. I'll keep it short, man. This is probably the greatest fan service episode of Gundam Build Fighters, and possibly ever in Gundam, man. This episode. Um, if you're a long-time Gundam watching fan, this just to see all the characters that uh, make small appearances in the episode. It still does something to you, man. Um, I was told by someone uh, watching watching the, this episode with me that uh, it was uh, Gundam Valhalla because so many characters that have died throughout <laughs> throughout the Gundam franchise show up in this uh, in this episode. And uh, we mentioned a few like uh, Odalo and Hankin and uh, and Bernie. They all show up and uh, other characters as well that didn't die too. Four. So we have four and uh, and Rosamia. It's just awesome to see them. Uh, in this uh it's alternate universe or people who look like them let's let's say that at least uh show up in this it's a nice treat for those for those eagle-eyed viewers who are watching um you don't have to be eagle-eyed it's pretty much thrown in front of you yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh even the kids i heard I, I i missed it but even the kids from um 
from uh, Gunpla Builders are in this somewhere in the background. Oh, as well. yeah, they're they're there. Everybody's everybody's yeah. there. It's, uh, Coom, the brats from the white base. Good the cots we like. Small cots. Small cots. <laughs> Dark teeth cots, not idiot cots from Zeta. The Evid family. Actually, the- mm-hmm. if you want to be eagle-eyed, and this is kind of off. This is pretty obscure. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the table shots of people building Gunpla shows Carozo without his mask. Yes, uh, Iron yeah, Mask. Corner yeah. with Cecily's mom. The Rona family yeah. sitting at that table, yeah, and it's it's him yeah. without the mask. Uh, I didn't even know that until someone posted a picture on the Facebook group of what he looks like without his mask. Like, it's a family photo. And it's like, holy shit. <laughs> now, you can, now you can shoot at his head. And there you go. <laughs> Take the shot. Take it. <laughs> Nobody does. Yeah. Damn. Damn, got the shot. Got but yeah, shot. I mean, it, for for Gundam for Gundam fans and, and I like that this episode and is, Star Wars fans and and Star Wars fans. <laughs> this episode I is don't a, know. I'm just saying. Yeah, take the shot. <laughs> this episode is worth it just from these shots alone. Um, it was good to get the, uh, more of the backstory on the the second Meiji. I guess he was some kind of taskmaster and asshole. And um, again, another reason to read uh, Build Fighters amazing. Um, what I really loved about this episode is kind of the emphasis on uh, friends and family and the Yori family reunion. Um, one of the coolest moments is when, and there's no words spoken uh, at that moment, is when uh, Takashi shows up and he re- reunited with his family. And then he sees Reiji and Reiji's looking at him. He's kind of seeing that he's familiar. And then Takashi takes out that, that pair of tweezers. And then you know, it confirms Reiji, yeah, to Reiji who he is, and you know they have that moment of silence where you know they both acknowledge each other as the the crazy dude in the beard. <laughs> so in that small moment, they they both know each other. So I, I thought that was a, a really nice touch. Um, I I gotta say that uh, Obari uh, as a director was out of control of this episode. Man, his uh, trademark shadowing, um, Rinko's boobs. Man, he was on point the whole ep. <laughs> He he uh he made this episode an absolute joy to watch, man. And um to know that Yuki uh was positively influenced by Takashi, man. I, I um it was nice to to see that uh finally get revealed to uh to say and uh and uh Reiji. So um it just makes you like his character more that he kind kinda had a ripple effect on all these different characters, even though he's been sitting on the sidelines throughout most of the series. But um a really great episode, man. I, I had an absolute treat watching this. I don't think I can add much more. It definitely is fun to see the bajillion cameos because at this point it's like, let's just throw in everybody. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. <laughs> the kitchen sink. <laughs> as far as the eye can see. Mm-hmm. And the exchange between Sei and Reiji and Yuki was was nice to have at this late stage kind of reaffirming the journey they've all been on. And because everything is set up to go so well... You just know it's going to end up going so wrong, especially when you see this very short moment in the episode that Baker brings in Barthas to help them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because obviously that's not good news. No. <laughs> and of course that's confirmed at the end when we see Yuki wearing embody system glasses and he has a totally evil Exia. Mm-hmm. Like, gee, I wonder what happened to him. Oh my oh. gosh. What what what, what did he did he fall into the dark matter? Did he did he did he finally um, assemble the dark Hado man? I guess uh, that's cliffhanger is gonna leave us with many questions until next week. <laughs> okay. Oh man, no, I'm just. I'm, anyway, go ahead. Yeah, we know. 
Just you know you can help yourself. I can. <laughs> We're letting you go on this one. Indeed, indeed. I'm just letting it slide in the interest of time and moving on. Go for yeah. it. So it's also nice to see some cameos from old characters like Sazaki and uh, and a couple of the tournament people hanging around like Suziomer continuing his losing streak and even some cameos by old Greco Logan from North America. Oh, yeah. Yep. yep. Still hanging around. The Iori family reunion was definitely a nice feature, along with uh, Raw playing professional cock blocker against Chinon trying to be a pervert. Damn. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> you gotta gotta respect Lieutenant Raw, man. He's all business. Hey, man, the old man was trying, yeah. though. He was trying, man. I respect that play. <laughs> Not that he wasn't thinking to himself, I totally agree with what you want to do. <laughs> But I can't let you do it. Yeah. Ro was, Ro was saying, not before me, bro. <laughs> and then both chances are spoiled when <laughs> the real deal shows up. Oh. <laughs> he hitchhiked all the way there, too. Idiot. Yep. <laughs> so, overall, a fun episode and a good way to kind of wrap up a lot of the storylines and set up everything for the remaining two episodes. So, Neo, what's your rating? Oh, it's got to be four out of five Bernie Burgers. <laughs> All right. Sobro? I'm going to have to give this uh, four glasses of Char's favorite scotch out of five. All right. I will give this one four blushing finiches out of five. There you go. <laughs> nice. So that takes us to the penultimate episode of Boyfriend, episode 24, mm-hmm. Dark Matter. Hmm. So we actually start off a little bit of a flashback before the end of the previous episode, and we see Yuki and Alan looking over the completed form of the Amazing Axia that has a cool-looking Trans Am booster, but then Mashita busts into the room with a couple of goons and tells Yuki that he should fight like the second mage in and care only about victory. Mm-hmm. And when he refuses, Mashita 6 his goons on them, and Barthus puts the embodied glasses on Yuki, which brings us back to the present. Mm-hmm. So everyone immediately senses a very sort of like hostile sentiment coming from Yuki that's completely different from how he's been before. And as soon as the battle begins, he is just relentlessly railing on Reiji and trying to take him down so fast that Reiji can only barely keep up with what he's doing, and he's stuck on the defensive. Hmm. So the fight in space suddenly transforms into a fight inside of a fortress in very tight corridors, and we see the star build strike getting beaten down, getting pinned against the wall with one sword, getting stabbed right through the chest with another, and went powers down... We just see uh, the dark matter just wail upon it because Mashita wants Reiji to suffer, and he kind of pulls a Jared, just can't take the easy victory, has to make the opponent suffer, and in turn give them the chance to recover. Yep. Yep. (laughs) So because of Mashita's babblings, it gets picked up by his gem, which then gets picked up by Isla's gem that she's still wearing, and she realizes that Yuki is being controlled, and she relays that message to Reiji through his gem. Mm -hmm. So that kind of firms up his resolve, 
to fight back, so he disconnects the arm that's pinned down. They start fighting again, but Yuki turns on Trans Am in this very narrow space, so Baker switches the battlefield again back to space, and as the battle continues, Reiji manages to grab one of Yuki's swords and start using it against him, and finally he recovers his missing arm, and with the RG system does a double build knuckle, which takes down Yuki and uh, blasts away all the evil upgrades, <laughs> thus revealing the original Amazing Axia. And with that, the tournament ends with Sei and Reiji as the winners, much to Mashita's dismay. Mm-hmm. Well, you have to remember it's it's that dramatic. Thing because they're they're the first they're the fir- first one up because the particles are going down. So Yuki tells them that he was being controlled, reveals it was Mashita, and when the cat is out of the bag, that causes Mashita to freak out, yep. and his gem starts to resonate with the ginormous crystal underneath the arena, and fills up the entire arena with Plasky particles. We see a huge space battlefield being generated, and the crystal itself transforms into a giant version of Abawaku that smashes through the arena ceiling. Mm-hmm. All ends up and at Abawaku. <laughs> and, and thus ends the episode on a cliffhanger. So, Sobro, what were your thoughts on this episode? Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> it's the brainwashed rival, man. That's uh that's that's an old trope, man, in these uh competition animes, man. And uh they delivered on this one, man. Uh I, I felt kinda cheated at first because I wanted to see a true fight between uh Yuki and the boys, but you know, this is this is uh this is competition anime, so you know, they're gonna they're gonna pull something like this towards the end. And um the the show delivers later on, so I, I shouldn't have worried so much when I watched this episode. But it was it was a thrilling fight, man. It was a whole lot of collusion going on when they changed the battlescape. Um, and, uh, of course you had the moment that you mentioned where, um, they had to torture the boys as, uh, as their suit was down for the count, uh, giving enough time to, uh, to pull their old shoulder dislocation trick <laughs> to, uh, you mean salt shoulder disconnection, the disconnection for the most yeah. part, uh, in order to, uh, to get back into the game and, uh, deliver some must needed, uh, um, <laughs> unprogramming. Um, which they did a great job of doing. Um, uh, one of the big takeaways for this episode to me is the backstory on Mashita. Um, and, uh, the finally, finally find out where he was from and to, uh, get more confirmation on Aryan as a whole. I mean, you kind of got confirmation earlier on with the little hints they give and when he freaks out when, uh, Reiji reveals that he's the prince of Aryan. So, um, but to finally get to see it, I thought was a, a nice touch. Um, the, <laughs> The moment where you see he meets Baker for the first time and she's dressed as Sailor is one of my favorite moments of the series. That that shit is ridiculous. <laughs> it's kind of amusing to learn that, you know, this uh always serious business secretary mm-hmm. was a Sailor cosplayer. Oh I know. It's like wow. <laughs> I'm just glad she was actually into Gundam at one time. So just to see her play, uh, to cosplay as Sailor and to get that Sailor cameo was, uh, at the same time was, was a, was a fun moment. And, um, the fact that she actually is into him, like she's not like really disdaining him. She's actually, um, working for him because she, she, uh, 
actually likes Mashita, which is pretty unbelievable, but um, <laughs> to each their own it is a neat thing. Um, one of the things I found amusing is when the butler finally uh, does a drop kick on the <laughs> on the chamber to save uh, both uh, Nils Nielsen and uh, and what's her name? Char- I, I want to say, uh, gosh, uh, Caroline. Caroline, thank Caroline. you. Caroline. Can't remember her name. So it's such a hard name. I, I, I was thinking Charlotte. I, I know that wasn't right, but <laughs> anyway, anyway uh, that was a funny moment, and uh, they finally got freed uh, from their little pr- imprisonment. But um, I thought it was a good episode. Um, it had a lot of nails in the head, and I, I like the resolution. So, um, great, great anime, man. Back to you, Chris. Neo, how could you not miss the ode to the chat? The double uh, g- um, knuckle? Oh, the double axe hand? <laughs> the double axe handle. That's what broke Yuki out of everything. Oh, Come on. Yeah, we know this. I mean, <laughs> how many episodes have we seen the chat just, you know, save the day with the double axe handle? Indeed. <laughs> just- yes. <laughs> Beating justice in the people. Beating justice in the people. <laughs> yeah, no, it was uh, it was pretty it was pretty good. I, I also one of the things I like about it is the fact of they they give kind of the mood of the crowd. You can kind of get the sense of the crowd, and even the crowd's like sitting there going, mm-hmm. "Hey, something's not right with Yuki." Like yeah. you know, and and it, it that I thought was uh, kind of interesting because you, you don't you don't always get so much of the crowd. Uh, in in a lot of these things, and it was kind of cool. I mean, granted, yes, they're the they're the main characters, supporting characters and stuff, but you still get you still get kind of the the ominous sense that uh, some things are are uh, going down. And um, yeah, it was just it was just interesting to see how Mashida was just um, you know so hell bent on making sure that these guys lose and then we just find out that he's just some common petty thief that uh <laughs> stole the big uh platsky particle and uh became uh became a success in in our world so that that was which, definitely uh, go ahead which really makes you wonder he was just some petty thief on Arian, which is exactly the backstory i imagined he mm-hmm. had Absolutely. yeah so that's, that was no surprise mm-hmm. he was just some petty thief why would the prince know him? <laughs> yeah, that is true. It's like the I guess the only thing he could think of, the only way that I kind of looked at it, because I thought the same thing too, but I'm like, maybe he would know he's an Aryan. I don't know. Um, but then, it, well, he know. didn't know it before then because he, no. he was in the guy's face a while back and didn't yeah. know it. And as we see in the next episode, when uh, he calls him prince, he's like. Oh, you're from Aryan? Yeah. He had no clue who well, the hell this guy was. Yeah. Well, he, he never he, had any clue. Mm-hmm. He checkmarks all the idiot loser villains. He's paranoid beyond belief for really no reason to be paranoid. He's paranoid that this guy's going to find him out, but like you said, he's just some common petty thief mm-hmm. from there. He's And he's the prince. And then once again, he does the ultimate cardinal sin of all loser villains. Why not just take the victory? No, I got to make them suffer because, you know, I got to prove a point. For what reason? I mean, so, but yeah, definitely. Um, and and it, it kind of, it's funny because, once again, I get G-Gun of Deja Vu. It's like, yay, they won the tournament. Oh, but there's something else that's going on. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's just like, oh, Domo won. Oh, he's, you know, Neo Japan won. Um. Oh shoot! Uh, double Gundam. Oh, gotta say, brain. And, and this same thing. It's like, oh, the Plasky particles are going crazy. All it's Gundam, so all roads lead to a battle coup. So mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> <laughs> or some huge rock. 
some type of yeah, some type of large uh, stone formation in in space. So, mm-hmm. but definitely uh, definitely a good um, final battle before the real final battle. So, and uh, once again, nice too of just getting a quick little in and out. And I'll talk about this more in the next episode. A quick in and out of the whole thing of Aryan because. I, I got to applaud them on that, but I'll, I'll do that next episode. So back to you, Chris. All right. Well, just to make it short and sweet, I felt that uh, it was a pretty good battle, even though Yuki wasn't being himself. Uh, he still was a hell of a monster mm-hmm. oh, yeah. fighting and just beating down on Reiji and obviously gets helped a bit by Baker constantly switching the battlefields around to his favor. So it was also neat seeing... Reiji having to improvise and use one of Yuki's swords against him since his own weapons get destroyed. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So that was cool. I do regret that we didn't get to see the real, actual, complete version of Amazing Exia do anything. Yeah, yeah that's true. Because as soon as it's done, that's when Yuki gets nabbed and he gets turned into the dark matter, mm-hmm. which is still pretty cool in and of itself. Yeah. yeah, especially the reveal during that scene where uh, you find out that uh, Mashita is the reason why the second Majin was the way he was. You know, they 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 sneak that into there and uh, and and uh, <laughs> right before uh, Yuki gets uh, kidnapped. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, not kidnapped, but brainwashed. Man. Yeah, I also like um, you know as we see. Throughout the match, that Mashita is controlling Yuki with the Arista, that Baker goes, "Hey, you know, with this power, you know, you, we could take over the world." And Mashita's like, "Eh, yeah. it's too much work. I'm just happy being." <laughs> I, I like that too. That was that was nice. That was actually was... real. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a very real moment in the series. <laughs> And, 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 it, and it makes sense when you when you know that he's a petty criminal. It's mm-hmm. like a petty thief. It's like that's all he cares about. He just wants to be rich. Keep Nothing the, else. Keep the cash flow coming. So I definitely thought that this episode also took a page out of G Gundam, and oh, that God. the tournament ends with the main character coming out on top, but there's still a bigger threat looming, and that is the giant Plasky crystal. So. Anything else to say before we wrap up this episode? No, not at all. All right, Sobro, your rating. I'll have to give this uh, four butler drop kicks out of five. Neil? Oh, got to give it four Shatner double axe handles out of five. <laughs> real Shatner, real Kirk, not that fake shit. All right, I will give this one four loser villain snatching defeat from the jaws of victory out of five. <laughs> so appropriate. <laughs> Which brings us, my friends, to to the end. Oh, this is my it. gosh. Oh, my gosh. The song, the song is over. Gunpla is done. Episode 25, Promise. Last call. <laughs> For alcohol. <laughs> exactly. Don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. <laughs> Or rather, you don't have to build your gun plot home, but you can't stay here. <laughs> Pretty much, yes. So we see this uh, crazy crystal forming and turning into a Bawaku, smashing through the ceiling of the arena. Everyone runs out in a panic, but Nils shows up and his Sengoku is straight ready to fight because he says that they have to destroy the crystal. They don't know what the hell this crazy thing could do, and it's too dangerous to get close with uh, 
with a person. So since they have this giant battlefield, why not use the gunpla? Mm-hmm. So of course, Say and Reiji and everyone all team up to help him. Unfortunately, they get met by waves of uh, these crappy-looking Zaku wannabe remote control gunpla that were supposed to be introduced during the festival. Mm-hmm. And we see them fighting off these hordes of wannabe suits, but it just never ends as more and more of them come out. Thankfully, they get some relief when Mao shows up with the crossbone Gundam Mao and starts blasting <laughs> the mecha and creates a path for Saiyan Reiji to fly through with the Star Build Strike and the Mark II. Mm-hmm. And then a little bit more relief in the form of Chinan showing up with his customized Master Gundam because what, what else would a Master use but the Master Gundam? Of course. <laughs> and Rawl using his customized goof and actually getting to fight and show off why it is that everyone respects him so deeply. Hell yes. Yeah. And they pretty much go to town on all this craziness. So we get the split off where Sei, Reiji, China, and Isla go inside a Bawaku. Then suddenly they find themselves inside this chamber with a cannon that's about to fire. So China and Isla, they push Sei and Reiji out of the way and get their gunpla messed up. Mm-hmm. And then, unfortunately, more of these uh, knockoffs show up to attack. But then Yuki shows up in amazing pirate Exia hmm. and beats them all down and says, hey, uh, you need to move on. Let us take care of us. This. Mm-hmm. Us being Takeshi and his perfect Gundam. Hell yes. One of the most amazingly obscure references in this entire series. Yes. But is. also completely on point. And to see it in animation is ridiculous. I love that moment. Yeah. <laughs> So he blasts a path open and Say and Reiji proceed and find themselves in the heart of the fortress where the crystal is, but there's just too many Plasky particles to keep them that keep them from going forward. So Say gives the build booster mark two to Reiji, and together the two of them do a hyper build knuckle and smash up the crystal and completely destroy it, thus sending everything back to normal. Mm-hmm. So with the particles dissipating, Say and Reiji decide that they want to have a rematch with Yuki because this could be the very last gunpla battle they ever have. At the same time, we see Mashita start glowing red because of the crystal's destruction, and he's whining that he doesn't want to go back to Aryan. <laughs> At the very last second, Baker grabs hold of him and gets whooshed away with him back to Aryan. That quantum leap. <laughs> Pretty much. So the next fight is on. Unfortunately, both suits are pretty messed up. So Fellini and Mao donate some parts to say to add on to the Star Build Strike. And Alan uses a couple of parts yanked from the Camp for Amazing to tune up the Amazing Exia. Mm-hmm. So they start having a fight. And... Say is thinking about how he's changed and how all of his friends have helped him and saying that he wanted to be like his dad, but he's such a controlling. And then we got Reiji saying, hey, you didn't suck at all. You just love Gunpla so much that you're scared of damaging them and you couldn't concentrate on piloting. And 
as his gem starts to crack, he hands over the controls to Say, who performs very well against Yuki and is about to make, you know, the the final shot and win, but unfortunately the particles die and thus the battle ends abruptly. So we then start to see Reiji glow red and he tells Say that he wants to get stronger so they can fight against each other someday. And then, poof, he vanishes. And is gone for nobody knows how long. So he's back in Aryan, which is a generic fantasy land, exactly as he described in his crude cartoon drawings. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> and much to his surprise, Isla is there with him because she made a wish on the gem that she had. Mm-hmm. But him being as dense as he is, he doesn't understand what that wish is and why she's there. So she starts yelling at him. Of course not. (laughs) And then we get a little credits scene epilogue where we see a couple of goings on around the world, such as Nils and Caroline going into space to recreate the Plasky particle and thus continue the future of Gunpla battle. So we see a lot of people battling all over the place. We see over in Aryan that Mashita and Baker are selling those uh, those knockoff mass production like, suits. That was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> all I all I think of it the Chinese Gundams. <laughs> These uh, low rent gunpla in another world. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. And we see some of the stuff that people are doing, like Yuki and Alan and all these other chaps. And then we jump forward a year to the qualifiers for the eighth championship. And we see Sei competing now as a fighter using his upgraded build strike Cosmos. Mm-hmm. And there we have it. Nice. Nice. So, Neo, you take us out first on this. What were your thoughts on the concluding episode Oh my god, oh, once, once again, was I watching G Gundam? I mean, it was just like <laughs> but it but it but it was all in fun. I mean, it, you know, come on, let, let's be honest. Uh, the tournament's over with. We have this hyperbilical other... taking the place of uh, Sekiha Love Love Tenkyoken. Pretty much because everybody shows up because everyone and anyone that pretty much had a, a gunpla in this shows up. Uh, you know, you see everybody trying to help Reiji and Say to defeat the particle. Uh, it's nice to see, you know, Chine and uh, um, Isla uh, helping them, you know, at the expense of their Gunplas. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, come on. We we wanted this the whole time. Lieutenant Rawl showing up. Come yeah. on. Ooh, yes. I mean, yes. and then... And then With a space goof. God, a dang, space man. goof. And then... Um, and which looked amazing, which was animated just so pretty, and, and even doing the stupid uh, the eye thing, you know, the mono <laughs> eye search at the beginning, and you're just like, oh my gosh! And then of course the Master Gundam, and then the, you know these two guys just kicking ass and taking names. Um, the grizzled you know, doing, man, the grizzled pilots. We finally got them, dude. Actually doing, actually doing the. Lieutenant Raw version of the uh, the fast pitch special, the fastball special, where he just gets launched in while he's got the the whip out and does the little helicopter thing. I mean, Hell come yes. on, yeah, this is just Raw. Re- he reaches hmm? he reaches full potential this episode. <laughs> 
Well, I mean, he had it. It was yeah. just nice to finally see it. And, of course, the perfect Gundam showing up. That mm-hmm. was uh, quite nice. And, I mean, in the end, it was cool to see, hey, uh, you know, everybody was kind of kind of good about, okay, this is the end of the plasticky particles. We're going to, you know, let's just have one final battle between Say and Reiji. And the fact that Reiji sits, sits there and basically tells them the same thing we all were saying at the beginning of this episode. Say you worry too much about how your gunpla looks instead of just battling. That's why you suck. You're worried about getting scratches on it. If you're going to get scratches on it, then you shouldn't be playing gunpla battles. Mm-hmm. And Because and, in the end, if you really think about it, all Ragey was, he's that guy that makes everybody believe in him, in themselves. Yeah. He did it with every one of these characters pretty much mm-hmm. just because he's overly, he's overly confident, he's overly optimistic, and... He's pretty and he's overly pretty, simplistic. Overly simplistic and <laughs> simple and pretty dense. And pretty dense. Mm-hmm. I mean, unlike G Gundam, he doesn't get it because at least Domo got it at the end. Mm-hmm. This guy didn't yeah. get it. I mean, Isla ends up following him to his world, and you know, he's just like, "Huh? Why are you here? Oh, okay, whatever." Mm-hmm. And, then, <laughs> and then, and the attack of all the bootleg suits uh, from Abawaku, it almost kind of reminded me a little bit too of the. Uh, the G, uh, the the uh, attack on Dome, and an X with because they at first when you kind of see them far away they look kind of like the mobile dolls or not the mobile were they the mobile doll no they weren't the mobile dolls what were they called in that the G bits the G bits mm-hmm. yeah so they kind of reminded me of that until you saw that they were just cheap Chinese knockoffs but uh, to me they look they they remind me a lot of like Zaku slash specifically Death Army knockoffs like just really yeah. bad. Yeah, especially with like some of them having like little custom parts imitating Gundams. Yeah, and some of their weapons. So they really reminded me of the Death Army suits. I think in some of them actually had that weird um, that face too. That in the in X what was it the Dauntless or the Daltress? The uh, you know the one that had like the three slits in it in in the on the faceplate at the be- I think it was one of the original suits in the beginning. But yeah, it's just yeah they were just silly. And the fact that Mashida is like, oh, these these are all the products we we're going to announce during <laughs> during the tournament. Like, really? So, but uh, yeah, I mean, come on. Uh, happy happy endings for everybody, even Mashida and Baker. You know, they're he's still trying to get rich, and maybe hey, maybe he will get rich in Aria. You yeah, know, those the, what, the, what the, they know? Gunpla, man. They, he learned from the Chinese, man. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it works for them. So, but, um, and then, of course, who wouldn't have known at the end we got to see, um, you know, say coming back as defending champion for the eighth, uh, for the eighth world tournament. Mm-hmm. So, but that's it on the final episode. I don't know if you want me to go into thoughts on the whole series at a whole or let you guys do it before. We will uh, do that separately. No problem. No problem. So back so- to you, Chris. Sobro, your thoughts on episode 25? Neil touched upon a lot of the stuff I would have. Uh, I'll just uh, go into a few things I noticed in this episode. Fantastic episode, man. Uh, I love the moment where uh, Sei and uh, Yuki are fighting at the end. And um, uh, <laughs> Reiji tells him, it's like the reason why 
you can't uh, move forward as a fighter is because you're too worried about hurting your gun plot. And um, that, that mental block finally just released Insane. And he can finally let himself fight without inhibition. I think that's one of the best moments and the best uh, thing about his character development, developing in the show. I, I don't know if you look at this as a pro or a con, but I, to me, uh, Reiji kind of suffers from uh, <laughs> Basara syndrome from uh, Basara from uh, Macross Seven, where he's kind of not—he doesn't change all that much, but he influences influence other people to change just from his interactions with people. So, um, and Say is uh, a character that does change quite a bit because of his exposure to Reiji and allows him to come out of his uh, introverted self and and become uh, a, a a much better uh, gunplot builder and 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 player as well. So. I, I thought it was one of the biggest treats in the series, but um, I don't know. Let's say that. Yeah, I don't know. Go ahead, that much like Basura because remember at the very beginning of the series, he thought that Gunpla Battle was oh, yeah. stupid and just a child's game, and he only did it as a one-off favor for say. And then by the end of the series, he's like it's totally addicted to the thrill of it. That is yeah. true. That is true. He did. He did show some development as well. I just, uh, I, 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 I just see how he affects other people. Basura just wanted people to listen to his song. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Basara is very self-involved. Reiji, Reiji does have moments where he uh, he looks after other people, and he also uh, did. He wasn't the same guy also from the beginning of uh, from the beginning of the show. By the end, he also evolved too. But plus, uh, he he got into the actual fighting. He mm-hmm. had zero interest in the building, mm-hmm. and then got thanks to that, yeah. he got obsessed with that too. So yeah, you know. He did a total 180 from where he was in episode one. There you go. There you go. Uh, I, I, if, if that's the case, and that is the case, um, he. <laughs> that's a, that's a so just, claim. I, Once he, again, put down just, in flame. He, he's just, he's just very, he, he reminds me a little bit of Basra, though. I, I've got to admit, just because he's just so bombastic. Um, but yeah, at, at, for the most part, I love the fact that he had that effect on Say. Say, I, I, I'll, I'll admit, is one of my favorite characters in this series. And I, oh. I love his journey and him, him and his character. And, uh, um, yeah, I, I think that this ending is so touching. Um, and you know, you saw it coming. I love the fake out that they give you after, uh, after, uh, Mashita disappears. And then you see Say yeah. looking dead at <laughs> Reiji. And Reiji says, come on, let's fight this guy. <laughs> he expected to see him disappear, but it doesn't happen quite there. But that's just a, a great comedic moment that I just love in the show. Um, other than that, um, a little bit of little tidbits at the end, like the gangsters working at the end was, uh, was, was kind of funny. <laughs> I about that. I, and one of the biggest things that I didn't notice at first, but, uh, when I watched it with other people, they pointed it out to me and I have a picture. I put it in the chat for you guys to see. Uh, when you see that establishing shot of Arian, when, um, when, uh, when, when Reggie Bozen jumps back to Arian, um, Bozen jumps. <laughs> The best, what the? the best thing I could I could uh, describe it as, but when they pan from the from the top of the for the sky downward to him, you actually see through the clouds the other side of the colony that he's standing in. Apparently, Arian is inside of a space colony. <laughs> Look at that! If you see that picture carefully, you'll see it. Um, there's you can see through the clouds. There's a city in the sky, so it's it's pretty much and the and the breakup of everything, and that's actually from the episode. So uh, yeah, so it's, what are you talking about the the when he the, goes the way the clouds are? No, look, look through the clouds, you'll see that there's a city in the backdrop, like you ever see in any other Gundam series. When when you're inside of a colony, to all the, the way right, opposite. No, just look at the top, you'll see it. But yeah, he's in I'm a colony. Arian is inside of a colony. It's been it's been it's been confirmed as well. So um, that we'll was a nice this. little touch. 
trust me on this one. <laughs> That's not it, Photoshop. It, 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 that's is not it Photoshop. From, it's, is it, it from it's, somebody in in Sunrise? I I I'm I'm assuming so, but it is inside of a colony. That's unmistakable when you watch the, when you look at that picture. So um, that's just a nice little touch to the audience at the very end. That if you wouldn't notice it if you weren't looking, but when you when you go back and watch it, that is definitely uh, Arian being well, inside of a colony. It's not just that he, uh, the land is curved too. Yeah, exactly. See, so um, there you go. So I, I thought that was awesome. To see that at the end. And, um, people are now theorizing about that. So I, I don't know what to oh, tell you I'm about sure. that, but I, I thought that was a fun touch. But, um, other than that, that's pretty much what I have to say. And, uh, back to you, Chris. All right. Well, you know, this episode having a final battle with a lot of the touches that you see in final battles and other shows, what really struck me is the sentiment from early on in the show from Rawl that because it's just a game and nobody's life, is at stake, you can go crazy and, and have fun. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when Isla and China have their gunpla damaged, if this were any other Gundam show, they would literally be dead. Yeah, <laughs> yeah pretty much. Absolutely. But here, they're not. And, you know, when you got these guys <laughs> like China and Raw showing off, it'd be like, why are you showing off? This is the middle of a deadly fight. It's like, no, we're just kicking ass of these stupid robots so let's let's do it with some style mm-hmm. so there, there's definitely that sentiment and you know it was good to see everyone who has you know met throughout this series and had all of these encounters all come together for the common purpose of taking down this crazy stupid crystal and seeing all of these mecha old and new in battle one last time and it was good to see you know, Reiji's parting advice to say that, hey, you didn't suck, you just were so worried about not damaging the gun plot that you couldn't concentrate on piloting. And as a nice touch, the fourth stage that Say fights Yuki in that's lined with the cherry blossoms is the exact same stage where we first saw him fight against Sazaki with the wing Gundam and get his butt kicked. (laughs) It all comes back home. Pretty much. So as far as some of the mobile suit cameos, definitely was cool seeing Chion and Rel in their suits and Takeshi having a perfect Gundam is pretty fitting because those who don't know, the perfect Gundam came from an early 80s manga called Plamo Kyoshiro, mm-hmm. which was about kids using Gunpla to fight yes. yeah. <laughs> in a game. So that's very, very fitting for build fighters to throw in a suit from there into the mix. I was wondering when it was going to happen, and I was glad to see it was in the final up. Yeah. The only thing that I had been kind of hoping to see a little bit of mm-hmm. and kind of give hopefully a Ghostbusters 2 vibe was if the Plasky particles spread so far that they caused the 1-1 Zaku oh, and Gundam to move. move. <laughs> yeah. That would have been, yeah, been pretty cool. It would have been cool to see that happen, but... And then they start playing Lifting Me Higher? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and suddenly Vigo the Carpathian is there. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> what about Escalation? <laughs> so, yeah, it was a fun final battle, and, you know, Reiji had some great parting advice. And, you know, although it's a little emotional, the fact that he's gone, that Isla went with him, you know, we see. Nils reinvent the Plasky particle, and if that's possible, then you know there could certainly be the possibility of a bridge between these two worlds in the future. Absolutely. Yeah. 
So it was a good ending for everyone, even people who didn't deserve it, like Mashita and Baker. And though he doesn't appear in this episode, if you think about it, uh, Barthas gets off completely scot-free. Yes, yeah, he yes, he does. <laughs> because everyone who had any hint of every dirty thing he was doing mm-hmm. is gone. Yeah, yeah. And that on Aryan. <laughs> freaking much. horrible. Aside from Yuki and Alan, but uh, I don't think yeah. they care. Yeah, I don't think they care. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he's probably ruined anyway. So I guess he doesn't get that good ending <laughs> if he won't have uh, Nemesis or PPSE sponsoring his dirty research. Exactly, man. He's a no hire at PPSE. <laughs> Which probably doesn't even exist anymore because the eighth tournament is sponsored by the Yajima Corporation. So yeah. maybe in the wake of PPSC losing its CEO, mm-hmm. the company got scooped up by Yajima. Yeah, maybe maybe it's just like what happened at the end of uh, all these uh, the Universal Century Gundams, where all the corporations got <laughs> what is it, Zionic and all those got the uh, became part of Anaheim, mm-hmm. and you know, yeah. that's why you know that happens. So. So let's do individual episode rating for this and then just very briefly discuss the series as a whole. So, Nia, what's your rating for this episode? Uh, as good as it made me feel and made my dark heart grow a little bit lighter, um, I'd have to give this uh, five, out of fan- five out of five fantasy lands, i.e. Arias. All right, Solbro. Well, this episode satisfied on every level, man. I got to give this five denials of a second season out of five. All right. And for a clean sweep, I will give it five out of five glowing high fives. Nice. <laughs> Forgot about the glowing high five. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good, good rating. So, Solbro, very briefly, thoughts on Build Fighters as a whole to wrap us up. Well, I got some cons and pros. I'll, I'll kick off with the cons. Um... Real quick, uh, uh, this show had some very two-dimensional villains, um, and uh, most of them are greedy and petty or just obstacles for the protagonist. I will give Masha the credit towards the end, that line about not wanting to take over the world, he just wants to make money, made him a whole lot more realer than I would have ever expected him to be. So <laughs> I give him a tip of the cap for that. Um, another thing is that it borrows so much from competitive anime that the series can be a bit predictable at times. Um, at least for me, and maybe not for anybody who's not oh, not familiar with the genre, but um, not that it's a bad thing sometimes because you want certain things to happen, but then you want to be taken by surprise some other times. So um, that that could be looked as a down point. Um, I've come from my conversations with people. Some people don't like the whimsical nature of the series. I personally do, but um, it's made some people like not want to watch the show. So um, I don't know. It's I, their problem. Yeah, that is their problem in, in all truth. Um, Your thoughts, not theirs. Who cares about what they well, say? Well, all right. No, and, and uh I was also informed by uh, Amaro NT1 that uh, no appearances of Mecha from Age or Gundam 00 Season 2 uh, were uh, were because of, uh, of a five-year exclusivity contract by TV Tokyo, which I guess in, in, the, in, the, in the case of 00 actually ran out uh, the night before the last episode of Build Fighters aired, which is why the amazing Exia Repair was able to show up in that episode but i would have loved to seen more mechs from uh from double o in this series so that was a a bit of a downside to me but that's all right there could be future sequels and if so then we'll get more mobile suits so um some of the pros were the animation was great it was above board for a tv series and one of the best osts i've ever heard in a gundam tv series so shout outs to yuki hayashi um let's see uh 
other than that, this show is a great introduction introduction to uh, Gundam fandom for the uninitiated, but also a pure treat for longtime Gundam fans with all the cameos and references to Gundam's long history. And uh, other than that, uh, um, I think most of the characters are an absolute treat. My favorites are Say, Rinko, Mao, and Ralsan by far. And uh, just skipping ahead, I would say that the true genius of this show is the premise, which allowed for mobile suits from every incarnation of Gundam to coexist in the same series while building interest in Gunpla, possibly the greatest animated infomercial ever made. And those are some of my closing thoughts about the show. Okay, Neil? Well, I, I've heard for years everybody wants a second or a sequel to um, G Gundam. Well, here you go. There you go, yeah. It's, it, 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 it's, just right. in a, it's just in a different way. <laughs> Um, unlike Soul Bro, even though I felt this stuff was kind of predictable, it was still done in a way that was enjoyable. Right. And it's just, I mean, I'll be honest with you, uh, I didn't come into this show expecting what, I mean, yeah, it's a Gundam show, quote unquote, but I wasn't expecting a Gundam show, and I'm glad that I didn't get that, because I'll be honest with you, after the debacle that was age, yeah. uh, this has renewed my uh, interest in Gundam, and it's also renewed my interest in, in knowing that there can be just fun anime out there. Because I'll be honest, you know, the last year or so has been a little tough after Age because it just seems like everything else kind of follows that same stupid ass formula. Mm-hmm. And I'm just kind of, you know, I'm I'm good with this. If there's a sequel, fine. Mm-hmm. I just hope that if they do a sequel, they do it well. But I'm also I'm also glad though too that they kind of place this in a way where yeah there could be a sequel there may not be and who cares and the the fact that in the end you can see okay yes it's a PQ, it's a 25 episode infomercial fine whatever but in the end though too it's a typical growing up coming out of your shell getting confidence for the insecure kid story mm-hmm. that's all it is Say is kind, you know, he's kind of an insecure kid at the beginning. Doesn't feel that he could play gu- uh, gunpla and all this other stuff. And at the end, we see this kid kicking ass, and it's because he interacts with somebody that, yeah, it could be abrasive sometimes, can be a little, you know, uh, pretty one-dimensional sometimes in the way his thinking and all that. But in the end, somebody that just made saw the best of everybody and and told them, hey, you can do whatever you want to do. And not only help say, but all the other characters. So, I think um, you know, I I honestly think this is what Gundam needed because we don't need a. I mean, at this point, do we really need another Earth versus space battle? They've been done so many times. Um, they're breaking up the formula here. It's 25 episodes. It's one quick little season. Um, you know, it's fun just taking. You know, just taking the great world of Gundam that's been, you know, established with all the universes and just throwing them all together like we have. I mean, hell, half the characters in these, uh, in, in Gunpla Builders, they're based on other characters. Hell, some of them look like them. So it's just, it's just a, it's just a fun, it's a fun little show that a diehard fan's going to like because of all the cameos and everything else. But it's also, you can see this is, the best way to get new fans and it works in both ways. So um, all you elitist out there and that are all put off about, you know, uh, hot springs adventures and, you know, gangsters and all this other crap. Mm -hmm. um, 
I'm going to give you the, the advice that I give you uh, people on all this stuff. This is not life or death. It's entertainment. If you don't like it, fine, but you don't have to sit there and make countless arguments of why you don't like it and have to sit there and, and constantly try to shit on everybody else's enjoyment. So I applaud Sunrise for doing what they did. Hopefully, um, you know, hopefully we get things like this in the future. Not necessarily the same thing, but, you know, it would be nice now every so often to get, you know, something outside of AU, Space vs. Earth, UC, one shot, Nazis in space, you know, because yeah. we've, we've had that for, what, almost 35 years now? Yeah. And on top of, uh, on top of that, um, shout-outs to them for making it available on YouTube um, as, as, as it was in, uh, in Japan for a, more, a lot more people than they made age. Um, I, I, I certainly hope they found it to be successful, and uh, I hope they do the same thing again when G Reco airs. Well, that's probably the... I, I would say yes. That's that's kind of the business model at this point. I hope so. I like. I'm not going to assume. <laughs> not in this case, but uh, I, hope, I hope they do. So, back to you, Chris. Right. Well, in conclusion, I think that Build Fighters was definitely a love letter to Gundam. And clearly see that there was a lot of love for Gundam crafted, not just in the story and the cameos, but even down to the way that the mecha were drawn. Of hey, here's a chance to slap up on the screen all of this stuff that hasn't been on for decades or that never has been animated. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of people lost their shit at seeing stuff like a crossbone variant, the perfect Gundam, or the uh, the Gundam Sentinel? the superior Gundam. Oh yeah, yeah. Getting animated and actually moving and doing stuff. <laughs> and this series is exactly the sort of palate cleanser that the franchise needed after Age because... Yeah. It was whimsical, didn't take itself seriously at all, mm -hmm. and if you were willing to go on a ride with it, you were in for a fun time. So to all of the like stuffy Gundam fans who keep whining this is just a stupid commercial and that they want serious war death drama, mm -hmm. for one, you got like 10 or 11 other shows that do that. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, consistently. <laughs> And so, you're gonna you're gonna have it in the future. Yeah, exactly. And you're gonna get more because this is like a one-off thing. This is not gonna be. This is not the future of the franchise. Yeah. So go watch those other shows, the once in future Gundam shows. You'll, you'll get your grim and your serious business and your death. Mm -hmm. So let let people enjoy this not serious little diversion. Number two, you know, to cynically accuse build fighters of being a toy commercial like what the hell do you think the rest of the franchise has been for the last 35 years no doubt it, this one just doesn't hide it <laughs> That's just, this one's just being honest yeah, exactly and and let's be honest a lot of these shows are toy commercials i mean come on it's you know it's that's how a lot of these especially in the robot genre there's always <laughs> You know, Japan's always done this, so... Every robot show is a toy commercial. Exactly. Yeah. Transformers, every one of them. You Heart know, so... <laughs> yeah. It's just, I, I don't get it, but hey. So if you're going to argue that Build Fighters is stupid, or that it's the last gasps of a giant of a dying franchise, blah, 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 get over yourself and, you know, just have an open mind and watch the show. Just because it has Gundam in the title doesn't mean it has to be people dying and being miserable and all that stuff. You know, we all enjoy that stuff, but there's plenty that's already been made and plenty more still to come. Mm -hmm. and, 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 the, and the thing about, like, you know, I, I'm sure people are bitching, too, that there wasn't more going in and Aryan and all this other stuff. Sometimes less is more. 
And I, I think in this case, I was actually very glad to see that all of that Aryan stuff was just kind of a quick little thing with Mashida and, you know, a quick little thing with uh, Reiji at the beginning. And that was about it. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, the typical formula would be we'd probably devote half an episode of, oh, this is Aryan and blah, 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 and, you know, <laughs> all this other stuff. So that's what, that's what made it enjoyable for me, too. So she always knew something was there. So what? Less is more. And I think it certainly helped the series that it ran only 25 episodes and yeah. did not wear out its welcome because the concept starts to wear out after so long and 25 episodes, I think, was the perfect length to tell this type of story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But they leave the door open for more and if someday we get like you know, some short random OVA or something that Movie. shows things in the future, that'd be cool. But by the same token, not really needed. Yeah. Kind of like G Gundam. You know, kind of the same way. Yeah. You know, G Gundam kind of ended the same way. We'll see you at the next tournament. Uh, okay. But Whenever that may be. <laughs> if that tournament doesn't happen, I'm cool. But if you want to do a one-shot OVA or a movie, fine. Whatever. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Too. So it's kind of good that it is on the note that on the one hand, you're left wanting more. But then on the other, you realize you don't really need more. Yeah. That's a good... That's great artist storytelling there and it's certainly better to have that feeling at the end of the series rather than oh god it's finally over <laughs> and we've had that we've had that too much in this last decade or so yeah we've had that twice age and destiny so so with that we will be wrapping up our coverage of gundam boyfriend gundam best friend gundam build fighters Watch it if you haven't seen it, and if you've seen it, leave your comments in the thread. We'll be right back. You're listening to Gundam at MHQ. Stephanie Shea, and you're listening to Gundam at MAHQ. I thought they smelled bad on the outside on upcoming superhero movies. Scott, I'm going to punch you in the face. Why? <laughs> because there is another movie that we must discuss. Oh, what's that? Man of Steel. Oh, Man of Steel. Okay. Oh, wait, there's someone to say that? Here's my thoughts on Man of Steel. It's Zack Snyder directing Kryptonian on Kryptonian violence. And as much as I'm annoyed that they're recycling a Superman villain we've already seen on screen, and that there are plenty of Superman villains we could talk about... But he was the best Superman villain. This is going to be the best Dragon Ball Z movie ever. <laughs> I have no frame of reference for, dra for Dragon Ball Z. Please check our website at Game and Morpher gave Gears of War 3 a 9.4. Ugh, those guys have rocks in their head. It clearly deserves at least a 9.6. Bro, why do you even care? Modern Warfare 3 is a far superior game in every way. 
You guys are still playing with your consoles? Please fully immerse yourself in true PC gaming. Are you sick of nerd ragers making you feel like your games don't matter? Or do you feel like professional game magazines have sold out and only covered major releases? Sure you are, so join us here at secondopiniongames.com and let us make your video game conversations fun again. Our main podcast focuses on all gaming news big and small. And don't forget our other podcasts where we talk about video game collecting, fighting games, the best games you never played, and other just mindless and mindful ramblings that entail what our main focus is. Let us be your first stop in Second Opinion. So stop by secondopiniongames.com. You can also find us on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Did you order the code red? God damn right I did! Our aim is raised now. We're going to be sweating tar now, you know. No one knows where the future we still fight. He's some sort of type. You sure you're ready to go? Show me how we do. Welcome back to Gundam at MAHQ. You're listening to episode 142, where we wrapped up our coverage of Gundam Build Fighters with reviews of episodes 21 through 25. Um, as you guys probably well know, there won't be any mailbag this episode, because uh, we ran extra log with these reviews, but it was well worth it, just like watching the show. Check that out at Gundam.info when you have time. And um, before we close out this episode, uh, we have a, a bit of an announcement, and I'm going to turn the mic over to Chris to uh, let you guys know about it. All right, so just to keep it short and sweet, uh, between all of the work of MAHQ and the podcasts, I've come to the decision that it's time to take a little break from Gundam because I'm starting to feel the robot burnout from (laughs) doing this show for almost six years. And so after the next few episodes, when we wrap up all of our Votomes coverage, I will be taking the summer off because with a new Gundam series and a new Macross series on the horizon now seems like a good time to uh, take a break and recharge so I will be taking the summer off and be coming back whenever it is that Reconquista starts so I may pop in every once in a while for a segment for continuing reviews that we've been doing before Mm -hmm. but in the meantime it'll be up to Sobro and Nero to carry the show and in my place we're going to have a rotating series of guest hosts will be familiar voices from MHQ and Shinjuku mm-hmm. so be on the lookout for that and some different topics and in my absence I will be bequeathing the mailbag into the care of Sobro well well, I am honored man we will we'll try not to burn down the joint <laughs> Don't don't run into the ground the way Congress did to the U.S. Post Office. Oh man, they inspire me. <laughs> <laughs> they inspire no one. <laughs> we'll we'll keep as long it as safe pre-funding for you. pensions for seventy-five years. <laughs> well said, sir. I will. We'll, we'll keep we'll we'll keep the light on for you, bro. And just to make it clear, because I know people are prone to you know not paying attention and to misunderstanding and then spreading misinformation Mm -hmm. uh this is a break from gundam not from mhq not from chaos theater so i'll still be updating the website i'll still be doing chaos theater but taking a break from here and it is not me permanently leaving the show it's just a sabbatical so calm down it's not the end of the world not at all not at all at the end of the day um you've been running mhq for 14 years and uh, uh 
happy anniversary, by the way, sir. Um, the, Thank you. The 14th anniversary is on the day that we're recording this, April the 1st, 2014. So uh, MHQ's been around a long time. Mecca has been a part of Chris's life for a long time. He's been doing two podcasts for a long damn time. Uh, and so summer's coming up. The shit to do. Uh, we can hold down the fort. And uh, Chris is not going to be completely gone. As he mentioned, when we start covering things that uh, are definitely he's in, he's been involved with or continuing reviews on something, he's going to jump back in for that segment. So I look forward to that. And then um, back when the fall hits or uh, whenever um, significant material hits, he'll be back on the show full time. So just look forward to it and enjoy your summer, too. I'm sure you guys will be doing some stuff, too. <laughs> well, and I mean, I think people have to realize that mm-hmm. Chris brings up a great point with a Gundam show and a Macross show coming up. Yes. Don't think people realize that when we review these things, it's okay for me and Solbro because we just do the review for Gundam. He actually mm-hmm. writes the reviews on uh, MHQ, so I could see where that would be a little, little quick to the burn out there. Yeah. And, uh, and 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 then by the way, it's just another thing, just because I know how sometimes misinformation is. Don't everyone be saying hey can i be a guest host uh <laughs> we kind of know who we want and it's going to be familiar people or not discouraging anybody from you know doing the normal fan interaction and stuff mm-hmm. but you know just is not a deluge meaning that um you know hey uh it's open season to replace chris or, or you know hey would they need another person so i'm just gonna spam the hell out of them mm-hmm. uh email spam for that so <laughs> and be be on and there, there may be episodes where it might be just me and Solbro. So, you know, it might be Back to the Future. So, the, yeah. good old, the good old days. Yeah, maybe. The good old yeah. three episodes. <laughs> the good old three episodes where we, you know, yeah, we, uh, we, we, we've done that stuff. So, yeah, it's, uh, it, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to say the least. And, and probably a good thing. I yes. mean, I think it might be good for everyone. So, Right on. Well, uh, Chris, anything you wanted to add to that at all? That's it. Well, uh, no problem. And uh, if anything, you guys, uh, Chris, Chris will still be uh, with us consistently for the next few weeks, as he mentioned. So, uh, uh, if anything, this this transition won't happen, or this this uh, this hiatus will not happen for at least a couple of more episodes yet. Um, also, um, not only is it the 14th anniversary of uh, MHQ, but the 35th anniversary of uh, Mobile Suit Gundam airing will be probably around the time this episode drops. So uh, happy anniversary to uh, Mobile Suit Gundam as well and the whole franchise. Uh, I guess watching uh, Build Fighters is uh, <laughs> and watching it close that episode out is a great way to celebrate the anniversary. So uh, uh, happy anniversary to uh, that franchise as well. Um, and definitely check out these uh, websites when you have time. Head on over to where the magic happens, mahq.net. Visit there for reviews of many mecha-related animes and manga series. Also join the conversation at MAHQ's official forums at mechatalk.net, where you can find forums for this show and other MAHQ and Shinjuku Station podcasts. There you can comment on the thread for this episode or others and submit questions for future podcasts. If you're looking for previous episodes of Gundam at MAHQ, look no further than Gundam.net, where you can also find information on all of our previous episodes. Also find us on iTunes by using the keyword Gundam, and make sure to subscribe and leave us a review. After listening to our show, your next stop should be Chaos Theater, MAHQ's podcast that focuses on other facets of nerddom outside of Mecca. Hosted by the webmaster of MAHQ, Gundam's own Chris Guanche. 
and the pedal bear of the South, Tomopop's own Pedro Cortez. You can tune into the show at chaostheater.blogspot.com and on iTunes by searching for Chaos Theater. Don't forget that we're also on YouTube, where you can not only find our previous episodes, but extra content as well. Subscribe to these channels when you have time. YouTube.com slash Gundam M-A-H-Q. YouTube.com slash Chaos Theater M-A-H-Q. YouTube.com slash Fighters Ready. YouTube.com slash Shin Station Fight Tube. And YouTube.com slash Shinjuku Station. Last but not least, make a beeline to Shinjuku Station's home for live streaming. That's tinyurl.com slash Shin Station. Every week we stream live with anime commentaries like Shoji Ramaro's Anime Movie Night and live podcasts like our new show, Barbecue Night. Don't sleep. Head on over to tinyurl.com slash Shin Station and follow us to keep up with all our future live streams as well as archives of our most recent sessions. And that's it for episode 142 of Gundam at MAHQ. We'll see you guys next time. So, you managed to steal a top-secret mobile suit prototype, endanger your life in combat, and blow a city-sized hole inside Seven. Impressive. I am Ensign Noah Bright, the ranking officer left aboard. This ship is White Base, a Pegasus-class warship of the United Forces Space Force. Mr. Noah, sir. Um, we have just re-established communications with Jawborough headquarters. Put the message on this monitor. Yes, sir. Who are you? Where's Captain Paula? I am Ensign Noah Bright, the most senior officer left aboard. During the attack, a Musai struck our bridge with a TAM missile, killing most of the officers. That's not the kind of news I wanted to hear. I am General Hani Asana at Earth Headquarters, Jaburo. Were you able to salvage any of the V-Tactics robots from Side 7? We did manage to get three mobile suits out before the testing facility was destroyed. Both gun tank and gun cannon are damaged, but repairable. While the gun unit is fully operational. I need you to immediately that white base's course for Jaburo in South America. With all due respect, General, I, I barely have a crew. And half the staff I do have are civilians. The situation has worsened on Earth. Jean is firmly entrenched on several continents, including North America and Europe. With the Gundam prototype, we can mass produce more mobile suits at our Jaburo factories that will allow us to combat John's growing army. Without your help, the Federation will lose the war for Earth. So I'm promoting you to the rank of captain and allowing you to make any field promotions you wish. For Earth, I pray for your success. Gundam 
at MAHQ is a Shinjuku station and MAHQ.net joint. Somebody put a bag of drugs inside me. I need you to take it out. It's leaking. It is estimated most human beings only use 10% of the brain's capacity. Imagine if we could access 100%. Interesting things begin to happen. Yes? Professor Norman, my name's Lucy. I just read all your research on the human brain. It's a little rudimentary, but you're on the right track. I thank you. I have access to 28% of my cerebral capacity. I can feel every living thing. Since when did you start writing Chinese? Since an hour ago. What happens when she reaches 100%? I have no idea. All this knowledge. You can unlock secrets that go beyond our universe. I'm not even sure that mankind is ready for it. It's like all things that make me human are fading away. Ah!